0: Matt Butler. I don't talk (laughs)
1: man. I back
0: it up. And we are a full of that.
1: man. right.
2: And Jeff Howell.
0: It's
1: still real to me, damn it. (laughs) And that's the bottom line. Because Stone Cold said so. If you're going to blitz, come strong. But don't come at all.
2: Well, I'll tell you what. More than the three of us in this room, four, including Travis, behind the camera. More than anybody out there thought possible, Texas brought it in the Coliseum and it was an entertaining game it was a great game to be on the sideline for there at the end Texas falls short to USC 27-24 in double overtime and the score gives you an indication that we've got a lot to dissect and talk about here on this week's edition of Longhorn Blitz with Horns247.com I am Jeff Howell let me bring in the rest of the team so we don't waste any more time He's the master of the soundboard, the drop machine extraordinaire, Matt Butler. Matt, how was your weekend?
0: A uh, great weekend. It was better because of that Texas game. It was one of those days, like we talking to Travis on the way in. It was the first time where you had a Saturday that even though the result maybe wasn't what you expected, it was sort of the back to, oh, my day just didn't get my heart ripped out for a second where you actually were happy and the rest of your day went on and enjoyed seeing the way a game was played. The third member of our team who has played
2: in many, many games, many great games, made plays to win some of those games for the Longhorns back in his day. Lifetime Longhorn, 2002 UT All-American. Rob. that's where you're supposed to jump in and talk about the uh, game you had against Oklahoma State. Uh, Yeah, this is true. Yeah, it was a good game.
3: It was a great game. But I gave up a play in that game that put us in that position. I had to bail myself and our team out of the crap I put us in. He's his own
2: worst critical. self-critical. But he's the renaissance man on Longhorn Blitz. Lifetime Longhorn, 2002 UT All-American. 2002 semifinalist for the Jim Thorpe Award. Fourth-round draft choice of the New York Giants back in 2003. Spent his NFL career with the Giants, Lions, Bears, Bucks, Broncos, and a year with the Hamilton Tiger Cats of the CFL. Could have been a CFL Hall of Famer. This is true. If he had a T ring, he would wear it proudly. You need to make that happen, <laughs> Tom Herman, Fernando Lovo. If you're listening, help Rod D get his T ring. <laughs> yeah. no, number twenty one in your program. Some say the greatest number twenty one in the history of the Texas program, but he will always be number one in your hearts, Mr. Rod Babers. It's
3: great intro, brother. I appreciate it. Yeah, greatest number twenty one in football. History. Yes, this is true. Absolutely, we have to
2: we have to yeah. preface that.
3: Yeah, yeah. On the gridiron, Greg, yeah. On I the gridiron. Want,
2: exactly.
0: Yeah, I don't want the yeah the baseball. Guys I don't want Jason Klotz me. getting mad. <laughs> yeah. But, well and then when you just brought up that you had to bail yourself out whenever you saved the Oklahoma State, game, it reminded me of what Phil oh, yeah. Dawson had to do yesterday because Phil Dawson got the game winning field goal. But it was only there because he had missed he had the missed chance it. of the game winning field goal before it. That's the way it works, man. And
3: yeah. yeah, the play that I had to make in the game. I mean, that was a it was a, actually that was a play in the Oklahoma State game, not you bring it up, that I had to make right after I gave up I think I gave up the touchdown. If I'm not mistaken, I think it was and a touchdown. And then the two point conversion. The two point conversion was the play that Coach Keenan said was a much better play than the actual pick that saved the game. Because he said you have to come right back. You just got burnt, and it came right back at your game. They were like, "Oh, they they wanted to find," as Coach Keenan would say. You know, I'll make sure. Uh, the, can we blank out this uh, word? And just go. Bitch
0: assness in you. Yeah. <laughs> that's a good one. Yeah. <laughs> You're fine on yeah, that one.
3: They wanted to find that. And I was like, oh, uh, yeah. They want. They wanted to try to get it in me. And I was like, no. And I stopped on the Super Conversion. I like that he invented that,
0: that word at that second. No, he <laughs> did. That,
3: that was, that's been out there for a while. <laughs> yeah. they people just made it Acidy. Yeah, I
0: like the, At Acidy. the end. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. As a term.
2: Yeah.
0: I'm throwing that in my Google
2: machine right now. Uh, let's see. <laughs> Urban Dictionary. Yeah, Urban Dictionary. Mm-hmm. Urban Dictionary defines it as coin termed by Diddy on making the band. There you
0: go. Ah. He's o- been out there for a while.
2: Overall, yeah. stank actions towards others through words, facial expressions, and or song. Symptoms yeah. include thinking you're better than those around you, not speaking your true feelings, throwing large amounts of shade. There you go. Man, go I on. really
0: like that Akina uh, ahead of his time, pulling that out <laughs> back in the day. I'm sure we were using it around him. Yes, that's did. awesome. <laughs> oh, he's
2: got kids too, though. Yes,
0: yeah, he does. Uh-huh. I
2: well, guys, uh, I don't know where we want to start um, with breaking down Texas USC, and uh, actually, I, I do know where I want to start before the game. It's a lot of uh, places to start before we before we get to the game. Um, I, I really do want to start here, and uh, I know this isn't the way we typically want to start a podcast or yeah. we usually do, but I feel the need to um, in the uh, in the Austin media market, and not just Austin. It goes well beyond Austin. Uh, We lost a good friend, a good man, a good colleague in Sean Adams unexpectedly last week. And, uh, you know, Rod, I know you and I texted and it was just surreal would probably be the best word I could use to describe kind of the emotions when I got the phone call last Thursday yeah. and just you sit at your desk and you just think a lot and it's just hard to process uh, for the first 24 hours or so. But, uh, you know i know people out there not everybody agreed with sean's opinions that's part of what we do in the media industry not everybody's going to agree with everything we say but i will say this and i feel like i can say this and it's unequivocally the truth uh sean adams had the respect of all of his colleagues and and everybody that covers texas in this market um you know sean and i talked a lot we sat next to each other several games during the year in the press box and, and sean was always on the road trips and Uh, I enjoyed our conversations. Uh, Rod, I know you worked with Sean at The Zone. Uh, We shared a studio with Sean and Chip, uh, always running into those guys. And uh, needless to say, uh, you know, at the very least, Sean will be missed, um, taken from us far too soon. And, uh, you know, I I just – it's sad that we have to talk about it, but at the same time, just remembering the amount of respect Sean commanded, how everybody felt about him, um, and the way he made you feel when you were around him. I think that, more than anything, uh, is what I'll take from Sean Adams. Never a bad word to say to me. Was always professional with me and, and up front. And uh, I will miss him. That press box was a little bit emptier in the Coliseum on Saturday. And I can't say enough about Tim Teslone and the sports media staff, sports information staff at USC, reserving his seat. Nobody sat in it. They had a, a, a place marker there for him where Sean was supposed to sit on Saturday. Um, just to, words can't describe the, the loss. And I, I know Chip and, and Sean's family and his friends are going through a lot right now. And uh, my thoughts and prayers, I think I speak for the three of us, our, our thoughts and prayers are with Sean and his family. Rod, is there anything you want to add?
3: Um, I mean, not, not really. I mean, it's it's been pretty – I mean, everybody's echoed the same sentiment, and it's been a pretty consistent uh, kind of narrative since this tragedy took place is that – Sean Adams was a kind-hearted soul and a good guy and he had an impact on a lot of people's lives and it was a positive impact on a ton of people's lives and I, I didn't even know I mean I saw the ESPN uh, doing some of the broadcasts on Friday mm-hmm. they were mentioning it uh, during some of the college foo- doing doing one of the college football broadcasts they mentioned you brought up a USC um, I think at his alma mater uh, there at Abilene Christian they had a moment of silence. Um, it was one of those things where if you had an interaction with Sean Adams, even for a brief period, or you were lucky enough to, like me to call him a colleague uh, and call him a friend and a mentor, he had this this profound effect on you that he either challenged you to be better or he would inspire you to be better. And, um, yeah, man, it's he, he was going way too soon. It's, uh, my thoughts, prayers go out to his family and, you know, his wife and his daughter and his son. Um, that that that's just tragic for them. I know all the lessons I learned from Sean just on a daily basis, so I know his kids will have a good foundation. Because if he was preaching that much to me, hell, I know he was preaching a lot to them. Exactly. Uh, right. <laughs> you know what I mean? And uh, he always left something better than the way he found it. He was a uh, he was a good guy, man. And the lesson learned is, it ain't guaranteed, and it goes fast. And hell, it could be. I mean, that guy was a picture of hell to a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, it happened to him for whatever reason. Um, we should all be very, very cognizant of our own lives and the, the, the loved ones that we have. And tell them that you care about them. You know, it may be you. It may be them. You never know. You know, because I didn't, that, that it blew me. It, it hit, I actually, when for, the first person who told me, I, <laughs> I I kind of, I, I didn't cuss them out, but I, I said something to them that was very derogatory at the time. Because I, I thought they were, like, they I thought really it was like wasn't a joke. was real. Yeah. I thought that was like fake news, I was, and I was like, "What the? Are you talking about, man? Yeah, why? Don't... Why would you what, are you? what are you talking about?" Yeah, and it was like, "No, that's it's real." Because um, I just, it just didn't, it didn't. Right now, it's hard. It was so hard to process at the time. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's heartbreaking. There's just nothing else to really say about it. It's really heartbreaking.
0: No, exactly. He's a guy that's just a genuine guy. I had a few interactions with him, but you could tell, yeah. like, with this, he'd lived life how you would want somebody to live life he lived it loving and he lived it as a genuine person i yeah. mean the only time i remember when i was an intern i used to let him in the door back in the old bucky and Aaron rooms and it had been years that we hadn't seen each other he's back in the building and the first time he comes up he's like he'll do a really good show and he didn't need to do that he just came up to talk and give you like he was a genuine guy that liked to interact and talk to people yeah. and like he just He's the one that wanted to make everything else better, and you hear people say that about people, but you could tell he's a genuine person that just really liked to live life to the fullest and to make sure everybody else is looking at and thinking about life the way you want to live it. Yep.
2: I think that's that's my best memories of Sean is, you know, I can remember the first time he told me, and I didn't really know Sean all that well at the time. This was right after I really started on the team beat. Uh, came up to me at a press, just randomly at a press conference after it was over. And we 're getting ready to go into the media scrum with the players, and he shook my hand He said, "Hey, I just want to let you know you do really good work, and I really respect your work hmm. and that means a lot. Somebody who commands as much respect as Sean to be able to, for him to, to go out of his way to say that um, really means a lot. yeah, so uh, he will be missed. Um, I, yep. I guess to kind of to honor him, um, some of the media folks we, we decided to start a new tradition, um, however long the press conference structure on Mondays with Tom Herman works um, we're going to go have a meal as a group, uh after hey. that's over. So we went out today and myself and uh Kirk Bowles and Cedric Golden and uh, some of the T V guys, Bob Blue and Anthony Geronimo from K I some of the guys from Spectrum. That's cool. Uh went out and had a meal. So I think we're gonna try to try to keep that going every week, every Monday. So Nice. Um again, thoughts and prayers with Sean's family and uh um I think we're there's gonna be some things in the work. We and what the cool thing about this is um, you know, Rod, we talked about this with the hurricane. I know you being in H Town, you've seen mm-hmm. this, uh, times of tragedy. It's really yeah. it's really interesting and really cool how people kinda come together that you don't normally come together. And uh I coordinated with Jason Sukamill and the guys at Orange Bloods. Uh we locked our message board for five minutes on uh on Saturday yeah. as a kind of our that. a moment of silence. No posting on the message board. Our social media accounts went dark for, for five minutes yeah. in coordination with those guys and um I believe uh, you know, uh, us at Horns 24 7, the guys at Orange Bloods, uh, and also I got to commend uh, Eric Nolan and the guys at Inside Texas. I think, uh, you know, as soon as kind of everything kind of settles down a little bit, I think we're all going to work on some type of, of fundraising type deal. I'm not sure what we're going to do yet, Good still idea. in the early goings, but we, we you know, we want to do something because. You know, in our home office, I mean, guys, guys in the 24-7 sports, home office, worked with Sean and knew Sean when Sean mm-hmm. was at Rivals. And, Small uh, family. Yeah, it's it's yeah, they, really, you know, it's, it's like you said, Rod, it's almost uh, an incestuous relationship you have with people when you get into the media world.
3: Yeah, especially, well, especially Austin media. I mean, everybody is pretty much covering Texas football, this, uh, you know, the entity of Texas football. And you not know, Texas sports, I should say, period, but uh, the athletic department, all that, it's such – uh, it's it's such its own kind of arm of this the sports right. industrial complex that there are other entities literally that are built entirely that their entire purpose is just to cover Texas football. That's all they do. Mm-hmm. Like, that's how much people care about it. That's the passion people have about it. Most of us in this town are linked because of that that passion and because of that relationship. So that binds us all together. But that brings us together for so many different events all the time. Mm-hmm. So you end up seeing these people. As much as you see your actual family at right. home, you know what I mean? And then you're like, man, and something happens like that, and it, does, it hits you way harder than you think it's going to hit you.
1: Mm-hmm. You know what
3: I mean? And me and Sean yeah. were close, of course, but it just, yeah, it, it was devastating to hear it like that. And I agree with you. It's unfortunate, but that usually, bring, usually brings people together because they start to understand, man, there are certain things in this life that matter and relationships Certain things that don't matter yeah relationships with people it matters like yeah. those you you take it for granted yep. you would get to see sean every day and say what's up and talk about i don't know whatever he's talking about that a tupac or, mm-hmm. uh what you know hip-hop or he's complaining about the quarterback situation or he's dropping some life lesson on you uh you take that for granted and i think we all did
2: i think i just missed the handshake and hey you doing good you doing yeah, okay whatever it is yeah yeah so uh, we're going to go on with the show now. But uh, as I said, thoughts and prayers with Sean and his family. And uh, Sean is gone, but he will definitely not be forgotten. Uh, left too big of an impact while he was here Agreed. Uh, on this world. Life mm-hmm. will lived. Yeah. Sean would have loved what happened in the Coliseum on Saturday night, man. I got to, I was on the field uh, for that last that 90-yard drive in the fourth quarter by the offense and on the field for both overtimes. Mm-hmm. And you talk about the noise, the the intensity. Uh, it's everything you would think a matchup between two Blue Bloods like Texas and USC should be very similar right to the end of the Notre Dame game last year in terms of how it felt uh, being down there in the thick of it. Texas comes up short, and it's interesting to see how the fan base has reacted to the game because yeah. I think while while over the overwhelming majority of Texas fans – are happy that not only did Texas compete better than anybody thought they would, they had a chance to actually win the game and push the number 4 team in the country in their own backyard to the absolute limit. But I think there's also a portion of the fan base that now that the loss has had a chance, you've had a chance to digest it Mm -hmm. and the kind of the come down from the emotion and and all of that from Saturday. I think a lot of the anchors is now directed towards the offense and what the heck happened? Why did it bog down so much? How does Chris Warren only get four carries? What are you going to do with this offensive line now that it's a? You can honestly say this offensive line's a liability now yeah. with no Connor Williams. Rod, think about this offensively, and this is where I want to start the conversation. Going into the season, if you if you'd ask me, what's the worst case scenario the Texas offense could be in And I would tell you, no Shane Bouchelle, no Connor Williams because I don't know what you do at that point. Mm. And it's the second play of the second quarter against USC on the road, and boom, you're in a worst-case scenario. No Shane Shell, no Connor Williams. I want to start by asking this, Rod. We'll get into Chris Warren. We'll get into all that. What what would you have done if you were the offensive coordinator, knowing Connor Williams is out, you don't have Shane Shell? What's your game plan at that point? Uh, well— I think it's kind of
3: football common sense. A lot of people would think that if your best lineman is out and you're already dealing with a depleted offensive line because Patrick Hudson is out and Elijah Rodriguez went down before the season even started.
2: Gene DeLance transfers. Gene
3: DeLance transfers. Yeah, I forgot about that one. So you're already dealing with depleted depth on the offensive line. We all know it's easier to run block than it is to pass block, period. The more skill, the deeper you go down that depth chart, those guys are less and less skilled pass blockers, but hey, man, you, it's easier for that guy to be a uh, you know a kind of a road grader than it is for him to be a skilled pass blocker. That's just number one. That's kind of going back to kind of football basics, all right? Uh, football one on one, and you have a true freshman quarterback in there starting. True freshman quarterback. You would like to take pressure off a true freshman quarterback. You don't want to put too much pressure on them. You don't want them to have to uh, you know throw the ball. You want them to be in manageable situations. And, and, you know, you could, your, your playbook is condensed, too, which kind of lends itself to more to running the football. You're talking about expansive playbook. You're talking about advanced passing concepts uh, and all that kind of stuff. So with all those things being said, I think that it was obvious, at least I thought it was obvious, that Texas was going to run the ball, even going into that game versus USC. The number one thing to exploit versus a USC defense was their rush defense, 110th in the country in rush defense. And they were 118th in yards per rush allowed. They were a mediocre rush defense anyway. And on top of that, they had front seven guys dropping like flies. Cameron Smith, starting middle linebacker, ended up getting, leaving the game at one point. Port Augustine tried to play. He actually was really effective when he did play. Yeah. He had two, like a sack and a half or two sacks. But then he ended up leaving the game. That other guy said – so with the depletion on the front seven for them and all the other things I mentioned, you thought it would have been like, man, they're salivating at a 250-pound running back just sitting no. back there one fresh and ready think. to go. And that was not the case. So now we've noticed a troubling trend when the fit hits the shan, if you will when it, it, it's a really a kind of a heated a heated moment in the game where momentum could go either way or you're, you're a one-possession game getting into the fourth quarter, that Tim Beck and, and Tom Herman, too, that they not only abandon the running game, that they take it out in the backyard, shoot it dead, and bury it. They don't <laughs> nothing to do with it. Both times the <laughs> quarterbacks, Shane Bouchelle and Sam Ellinger, have ended up leading the team in rush attempts and pass attempts. And now you get with a a situation where Sam Mellinger versus USC had more combined rushing attempts. This is without sacks than your two top running backs, Chris Warren and Kyle Porter. So we know you don't really like Chris Warren, but now you don't like Mm. Kyle Porter either. So at this point, you don't trust anybody to run the ball except for your true freshman quarterback. And so, so we'll what you are saying
2: is the uh, the running wow. game, the running game to Tim Beck and Tom Herman wow. is the rabid dog that you had to just put out of its
0: misery. Oh, yeah. right, old Yeller. Yeah,
3: yeah. Oh, <laughs> but, well, oh, yeah good point. I guess that is it. I don't but, know what the hell is going on. I could on.
0: put this on top because I agree with everything that you are saying. And when I looked at all the numbers, because in the first quarter you end up running it six times, pass it only three times, and then you come out run it the first two plays of the second. So obviously running with Connor Williams, but Connor Williams gets hurt at that fourteen thirty five mark, and I agree you. Don't don't want to necessarily abandon it because of it being that you don't have you can still run block over pass blocking but the main reason I think that they go to the QB run game at that point is just the sheer numbers game that if you know if you're deficient on the front line you're already out you used to if you're handing the ball off you're not only taking the running back out from being a blocker but the quarterback so now you have nine guys out front blocking For one runner, this way, the numbers game, he is at least snapping to the guy with the ball, can have 10 blockers, and it's the traditional reason why you have the mismatch in the first place when you go to the QB run game. So I think this is them maybe being a little too worried, knowing, okay, well, if we're out, Williams, we definitely still have to run the ball. How can we do that if our line can't block? Okay, let's ha- add another blocker with the running back and run the guy. So, I mean, in that situation, why not have Hurd? And it's, it's, it's like I know, case. but look, look yeah. I went across the whole game, all three quarters, the only runs that were over four yards, Hurd, Ellinger, Foreman, Ellinger, Ellinger. It's the only time that they were having any yeah. success. No, no running other runs ran could for run more than four, five yards. Of th- not even yeah. five. They yeah. didn't even get there. It was yeah, four or scrimmage. less or three or negative yeah. yards. So I just think that you had that commitment at the beginning. Eight of the first 11 plays were run plays. That was whenever Williams went out. After that, when they tried to run, it became a little too predictable because you were trying to do the QB run game just to get yourself the additional blocker because you don't have faith in the guys going basically nine on 11 if you're handing the ball off and taking Ellinger out of it and handing it off to a guy that was going to be a blocker, so I think that is where they went that direction. Wish they would have maybe made some better decisions, but I think that's at least. Why I, they did I
2: understand. It. I, I understand the logic, Matt. My frustration is they didn't, Rob, They didn't even try.
3: Yeah, and that does not explain Maryland. Yeah. So, I understand no, what no, you're no, saying I about agree, this totally. one. That does not explain why they also abandoned the running Matt, game when it made it versus
2: Maryland. I, pre- I appreciate the effort, Matt, trying yeah, yeah. to apply logic to this. That's a no, good no, 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 I
0: mean, This is logical. Very, this is why you're trying, trying to apply good. logic yeah. to an
2: illogical situation because exactly. I have no damn explanation. for well, It's
0: another Argo. What's your best of the bad ideas? No, no. What
3: Lauren fans are upset about is what they notice as a trend, a troubling trend that they don't like, which is now the Maryland game and this USU game. So, I agree with your premise. Uh, about you know schematically, uh, it makes sense in a numbers That's, game, yeah. but that does not explain Maryland. So that is not explaining the trumping trend.
0: No, developing you're, you're with Tim spot back. on with that. That's the issue. Yeah, that is a and big issue. And
3: the issue with Chris Warren, like, because I think those are two totally different issues. Mm-hmm. I think their inability to uh, have a sufficient running game is, or establish a sufficient running game, is different than them not trusting or liking Chris Warren. And True. maybe they have just contributed to the same, like, basically the same result, which is just having a one-dimensional uh, subpar running game in, I don't know, late in the game in fourth quarters in one possession games. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know, but I, I don't think anybody
0: knows this Yeah, way. right now. They and told then... us Warren and Porter are interchangeable from for what <laughs> they say. So they can all do the same thing. Strengths, I would say, are much different for the two of you. But they didn't like either one of them versus USC. Right. Gave up yeah. on both of them. Yeah. And I think that's more indicative of the inability to move the line up front, that they just – I don't think they have the faith in the whole run game as a whole. Maybe if you're pointing to a specific thing, the offensive line as a unit.
2: But let's go let's – uh, let's roll with match theory because that's as good as – I've heard anybody explain at this point. And it makes total sense. You're talking about the numbers game, trying
0: to give yourself an advantage. When you don't have your best line. Right. Yeah. On the fly. Unexpected.
2: That to me, then that becomes, let's say that's what the staff was thinking, right? Say that's what they thought. Then that to me is irresponsible game planning because because you've got one healthy quarterback. And you're going to run him 10, 15 times on quarterback runs. What happened? What do you? What do uh, you They're do just with, trying to win the game at what, that
0: point, I guess. You know. Then use Gerard rod No, No, agree. What do you have him back there for? I guess he doesn't have faith in. Him. Then, wh- then why even put him back there? It's a great. Those are all nope. good questions. You're right. I agree with you. I mean, Heard, Yeah, Hurd, the, the Hurd, only he, run for at least five yards in the whole first half was a Hurd run, yeah. and he was in there at times. So that I would didn't. be like that would be like me saying, "Ah,
2: gosh, you know, I don't trust Matt to produce our show. Then why do you have him producing the show? <laughs> agree.
3: No, I agree. You need then i'll
2: find another role for matt to do yeah. i'll have him and travis swap places whatever like <laughs> yeah. hey what's up here? maybe
3: they didn't want to disrupt the rhythm that the young quarterback was getting to maybe they felt like they had done that in the game a few times and disrupted his rhythm and kind of hurt his confidence that he was gaining and maybe they felt late in the game let's Gerard hurt let's just go with ellinger cuz ellinger we did watch him grow oh that 3rd quarter through really good yeah though like i i mean i saw it I, it was crazy but we saw it there were things that he could not handle in the first quarter that you've seen him handle better late in the game in third, especially in the fourth quarter when he kind of blew up and he became a man before our very eyes. So maybe as the game went on, I haven't looked at exactly when those rushes are that Matt Mm -hmm. brought up, but maybe as the game went on, they decide, you know what, we're trusting Ellinger more with it all, all of it, even the running back. In the quarterback running game and even in the passing game, we'll just let – I don't want to disrupt the young man. I don't want to interrupt his flow. He's
2: feeling it right now. Let him go. Rod B., here's my issue, too, with, with the running back situation. When you're, you're talking about the quarterback run game and you're talking about how you're know how you going to use Sam Ellinger and this, that, and the other, that to me doesn't explain the other troubling trend I'm notice, noticing on offense When it, when you talk about the two power five teams they played against. Yeah. It doesn't explain why this team—it's either play calling or situational execution on third and fourth down in the, in the red zone—that's so bad Man. in short yardage situations. Yeah, like the first fourth down, I—I I actually agreed with the idea of. I was, I'm sounding, yeah. I'm saying exactly what I said in the Maryland game. I agree with the decision to go for it right there. To the extent that Tom, I know Tom now. The if it first, was this
3: is the first quarter. Yes. right? So now if it, was, if it was if it was
2: me, if it was me, I would have taken the points. We know Tom Herman's an aggressive guy. You know he's going to go for it, binder be damned. That's his nature. He's going to go for it. My problem was that was your play call on fourth and short. Like you're trying to like run some kind of zone read action for Sam Ellinger. Yeah. That's, it was. It was. It was. Yeah. I, I do
3: Actually, when first talked to him, I thought it was. I was like, they must have missed the fake. Was <laughs> it? It was a missed the ball. Like no, it was just. It was really. And I'll go back and call.
2: dissect the play, but I was like, that was your. was like a quarterback
3: call? power. So I don't know. what mm-hmm. that was And you
2: go. You go to later in the game, and now they did. I. I, it, I was on the in the press box for one on the sideline for for the other, on the fourth and short on the ninety yeah. on the ninety plus yard drive. It looked like they ran the same play that they had ran earlier in the they game.
3: Have, did they have anybody in motion? I, I think I'm they interested. did, yeah. I think they did. Did, did they Mads have it on, on the first up. one? Did they have it on the first I one? I believe they did, yeah. Okay.
2: So it worked the second time, didn't work the first time, whatever. But you get into situations like Tom Herman saying in the overtime period, did you think about going for two? And he said no because the throwback pass to K Brewer, which that was Cedric Gold and I were standing next to each other. When we saw Ellinger roll right right. they're throwing it back against the grain. Who's going to be the guy? And right then, boom, we see Cade Brewer break yeah. open. That was their two-point play. My thought is, it's first and goal at the three. I'm pretty sure Chris Warren can get you three yards on three or four cracks right
3: there. He did there. average 3.8 yards per carry. Yeah, yeah. right in the Ooh. wheelhouse. Ooh.
2: Math. So, you know,
0: <laughs> two you feet to spare. Get in the end zone.
2: <laughs> get in the end zone, and maybe you save that two point play because at that point, I w- I w- I would have thought as aggressive as Tom Herman is, since at that point the defense I think had just worn down at that point because. USC marches down the field on that last drive. They yeah. score on the first play in overtime. At that point, and I'll I'll throw this in here. And this is the only time you will hear me reference this guy's football acumen uh, in terms of it being positive. When I covered Baylor, I got to know Guy Morris. I, I love I love Guy Morris, and mm-hmm. I know Coach Morris is dealing with some health issues. So thoughts and prayers with him. But um, Baylor's playing A and M in 2004, and it's an overtime game. A, A Baylor hadn't beaten A and M at that point since like 1986. And it's funny cuz we're talking about our browse before we came on here yeah. and this is like where Baylor football was shortly I before those he got the Care bears. There. Yes, uh my brother called them the Honey Bears. Yeah. <laughs> um, and they're playing A&M and they decide to go for two no hesitation. They're scoring overtime, they're going for two in the win. And Guy Morse's explanation was and I'll never forget the quote he said, "When you're in our situation, you're an underdog, you played them better than even probably your kids thought they could play and you got a chance to go in the ball game, you go drop the hammer." Hmm. So that's always if if I was in Tom Herman's shoes, I probably would have gone for two right there. But they burned their two point play scoring. Yeah. So, but it's yeah, like if you would have thought about that earlier, and and managed your offense a little bit better, and maybe gone to Chris Warren right there to get you three yards on maybe three or four yeah. cracks. Just keep that keep uh, and or maybe kick the field goal. And yeah, one that's the, another one, option too, right.
3: in in first quarter
2: instead of going for one of the things I, I like that well SC got the SC scored first, so they had to get the touchdown.
3: No, I'm talking about the beginning of the game.
0: Yeah.
3: Oh, you're talking the about the first quarter. Okay. Yeah. You're yeah. Taking points. I'm talking about. i the, the game at yeah. 27-24. Right. You passed up three points. Right. I'm tar- sorry. <laughs> yeah. i, yeah. I was yeah. talking about the overtime. You know
0: what I mean? But you know,
3: with pro- a freshman quarterback that you could act, you could put points on the board, and mm-hmm. a defense that's playing lights out, right. they could have played
2: with a lead. Going Man, back it, to using some Brian Harson logic, yeah. uh, one of the things he always talked about that I liked, and it was to his detriment and my sanity at times you go into a game, there's always two or three silver bullets you've got stored away for a special occasion, and mm-hmm. you don't touch those unless you get to that scenario in that situation, yeah. in other words, we like we we think we can really have success with this double reverse pass, mm-hmm. but we're only gonna do it if we get into. Yeah, yeah. This scenario, liberty, and if that that's your two point stuff. play, yeah, yeah. then save that for your two point play. Just yeah. trust your two hundred fifty five pound back that he can get you three yards on four different cracks. Dude, they don't like that guy. I don't mm-hmm. care. They don't like him. Still, at
3: least right. so in, so in this simple. situation, it's that simple. We can we... stop talking about like like it's some well, football. Some, I know they don't. But why does logic that even matter? They don't like. No, it does matter. It matters well, because and I think you they... brought in Tom Harmon, they got to change the culture. You want him to change the culture based on his opinions, things. And now I'm not saying I agree with it, but I'm saying his opinion is right now. And he can say all he wants. We so can tap dance around all he wants to about uh t- 3.8 yards of carry, and we gotta do more to give him the ball. The Man. eye
2: laceration didn't come up today, by right. the way, like it did after the game. All right. You're I telling la- me a
3: guy, this guy had Yeah, eye
2: laceration. That's what the, Oh, Jordan yeah, I know that that's the newest Ooh, one that somebody that poked him in suck. the eye.
3: Anyway, it's pretty obvious and pretty transparent. They don't like him or trust him. It was obvious versus Maryland when he only got, what, six carries. Mm-hmm. And it's obvious now when he only get four carries versus USC. They didn't forget about him. I don't, I don't know if I'm, not, if I'm buying the poking the eye thing because I saw him later in the game. They trusted him to go block. They don't like him. They don't trust him for whatever reason. I don't know what it is. Well, they, it could just be a piece of bad. They, they think he's uh, he's a bad practice player. That's what player. they say. And remember, Amon C. Foreman, who's bad been balling out, too. all right? And we all agree, Amon C. Foreman should be on the damn field more. Mm-hmm. He's got He's got a touchdown in every game they played. All right, he's been balling up behind Colin Johnson. He's the best receiver they got, production-wise. All right, yeah. and yet uh, even Tom Herman admitted today mm-hmm. he said, "Oh no, he's a bad, he's a terrible practice Both player." That's them. why I didn't pay him. So I don't know. I think going to Chris Warren. I don't know if he's been a bad practice player or if he doesn't like the fact that he hasn't been durable enough. He hasn't bought in. Whatever the reason is, mm-hmm. Tom Herman and that staff don't like Chris Warren, and they're they're using him right, as an example. Yeah. yeah, everybody in that program, Foundation. you can be cold, but if you don't buy into my program. You will not play, and that's, and that's 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 just my theory. my yeah. theory, I'm, I'm just looking at what that. I'm just looking at it because I'm with you. 250 pound runner. Both of the guys. It's pretty damn obvious he should be playing. In some I don't situation. give a damn if he's a bad guy. I gotta win this game. Exactly. exactly. True. No, no, no. That's, that's why I think it goes deep. That's why I think it's deep. It's like, hey, yeah. everybody, look, because everybody in locker room knows should be playing. Everybody in locker room. Yeah. It's Ball. a long hey, but you will not play for me if you don't buy in. If you If you don't buy into what I'm saying, this is guy will micromanage everything down to your piss color, okay? Right. Mm-hmm. So you, and then he's all of a sudden, oh, we just lost Chris Warren in the shuffle. Our bad. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, right, dog. I don't believe that for a second, and y'all shouldn't either.
0: No, it's, it's, right? you're spot on. He's That's talked about truth. it, they and he's been like transparent em. now. You can take it a grain of salt of what they say in press conferences and what to believe, but it seems like he's pretty honest about that. He you got to show up, and he even said it about Bouchel. It was like, well, Buschel, uh, we've we got 10 more days, so we got to see how he practices until then, so. So with that situation, you know, you see those guys and maybe it will be better for the long term. But as you say, Jeff, it's frustrating mm-hmm. now whenever you're at the three and you're trying to pl- plunge it in and you know don't have the happened. guy. But at least in that case, I would say, look at the numbers, they Put too. Kyle Porter in the game. Put well, I know, but, in the game. but what I see, you
3: can't make Kyle Porter uh, uh, happen. Kyle Porter, he, he can't make it happen. I love Kyle Porter, but Kyle Porter can't change games Your like you're a Division
2: that. One running back, if you can't get three
0: yards on four different cracks, then quit.
3: You've seen Kyle well, No, and You I, know he's it, not that I think that it's explosive. more, though,
0: about the offensive just line throw. than just the skill players. It's three freaking yards. Well, I know, and that's three why yards. they use the play back. Who's averaging 3.8? Who you don't Boom. Like.
2: I know I'm not a mathematician, but I think Chris Warren can get you three freaking yards averaged, on first and
3: goal at the three. He averaged five yards per carry versus, versus Maryland. He averaged 10 yards per carry versus San Jose State. Almost mm. four versus USC. Average nine yards a carry going into the USC game. You won't use them on what? What would you say it was? What was it First four? and goal at the three. At First least they at did three. score, though. They, they used don't play like that they guy. They, Guys, I don't know. I think it's what's productive. What's, what's, it's a I great, know they don't like there's him. A great, there's a great book. Uh, there's a great book. It made into it a movie called He's Just Not Into You yeah because they because it is trying to explain to women who want to know why why didn't this guy call me why didn't this guy do that why did he uh why did he text me at three in the morning but didn't text me the next day why didn't this guy why did he make me pay for dinner when we went on a date and 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 the book is a thick book but it all boils down to one damn thing to answer all those women's questions about all their uncertainty about the opposite sex that guy just ain't into you because if a guy really likes you you will know. But yeah. You, know you will know. He will make the commitment. He will make the effort. They don't like this guy. But do you know what? Agri- <laughs> you know what Agri- right now. But if no, he practices
2: well, I bet in five
0: maybe days, they'll changes. like him. That's right why now, it's they not don't absolute. Like him.
1: Here's what partially
2: yeah. shoots the theory we're talking about down. Go to the second, the second overtime possession. Third and seven at the USC 22. You know what the play is? An 11-yard pass, Sam or Chris Warren for a freaking first down. No, that shoots
3: down the theory about the eye thing. That it, they, they poked in the eye. <laughs>
2: then why? If you don't like him, why is he on the field in a critical situation? You got no Then don't pee on my leg and tell me it's raining. <laughs> Put him on the field. I'm first to go to the three. We
3: are, we are yelling at each other, but get we agree. Give him the damn ball. Like, we agree. Well, it's so funny <laughs> because
0: <laughs> the, what he's so upset about is the yeah. position where they scored. I didn't scored. think I was going to get mad during this podcast. Good
3: Lord. But it, no, it's so absurd that. They they want us to believe that, ah, oh, we just forget. Like, like you got all of these like all these great playmakers on offense. you just going to forget about your 250 by runner. Like, this is Texas 2005 where a 250 by runner gets lost in the bitch
2: somewhere. You know what I mean? Like, no. This isn't like shoving <laughs> Selvin Young aside. Hey, Jamal Charles is really good, yeah. so <laughs> <we're> Selvin, gonna- <laughs> you might not get as many carries this week.
3: Exactly. So it's like they they I don't know what I I'm not saying like I you know, i I spoke to somebody. this is my theory. they don't I, I know football enough to know it's a meritocracy. Mm-hmm. And the best players play, especially against u s c. And oh, they did not want him out there. They don't trust him. Whether it's the trust, going back to what Matt and I were talking about, about the, he's a bad practice player. Maybe when Charlie, maybe when Tom Herman got there, he told him, "I like Charlie Strong better." I don't know what the hell happened. Okay, but they don't like that young man. They
2: don't like him as a football player. All right, let's kind of move off from Chris Warren for a second before I the curious a st-
3: case of Chris Warren III. Before man. I
2: stroke out on the we, podcast. we've had
3: these kind of frustrating players like DJ, DJ, Deontay Monroe, Foreman two years ago. Deontay
2: Foreman. Marquise Marquis Goodwin was like that for. I feel like Jonathan great. Don't pee on my leg and yeah. tell me it's raining. And I don't know. Use yeah. that Why can't a lot, you get
3: that guy about remember the hash remember the hash mark? Excuse? Don't don't please don't. Yeah,
2: don't. DJ I had no that broader key today. <laughs> it was a hash mark. Oh, really? <laughs> Ten flat hundred meter guy, Olympic long jumper, and the ball's gotta be on the right damn hash mark. See, I just praised Brian Harson, Rod, and you just bring it back to where I gotta dump on Coach Harson again.
3: Oh man. No, this is Tim. We dumped oh. on Tim Beck now Okay,
2: so here's my issue with Tim Beck. This is the trend, and this goes back to every the big knock I heard against Tim Beck. And I don't really You know, you talk to people around the Ohio State program, and you can only put so much of their issues on Tim Beck, which, by the way, go back and watch the OU game. Tim Beck's gone. They're still having the same issues. So that is, you know, take that for what it's worth. But you talk to people in Nebraska about Tim Beck, and – People in Nebraska told me that covered this guy. Were around him. Hey, if he had his brothers, he would throw it every single play if he could. Mm. That's just his nature. Man's got a rep. And I go back it's to rep. I know I keep talking about it, but Tim Beck said the purest game he ever called was that Holiday Bowl, his last game in Nebraska against USC, and with Tommy Armstrong as his quarterback, he threw the ball fifty-two times against USC. And some, and I brought that up today, and <laughs> one of my media colleagues said, he said, "So you 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 think he'll he's going to throw it that much with Sam Ellinger?" I'm like. And I love Tommy Armstrong, but I'm like, if he's willing to throw it 50 effing times with Tommy Armstrong as his quarterback, hell yes, he'll throw it 50 times with Sam Ellinger or Shane Buschel as his quarterback. That's crazy. I, I but, it, but here's my issue with that with Tim Beck. If Tom Herman doesn't like it, get on the damn headset and tell your offensive coordinator you don't like
3: it. You're the head coach. But he's an offensive guy, too. That's why I find it hard to believe that this has not been it. The, the game plans and the adjustments are, if, if not just approved by Tom Herman, then you know what I mean, and partly executed, help, helping to execute it. You know I mean, I know he's got other things going on, but I'm with you. I, I find it hard to believe that Tim Beck could abandon the running game the way he has and the way he has proven. That's to a bad this.
2: default to fall back on, Rod. That, well, like it, you're telling me your offensive line has issues. Yet in the second quarter, Matt, I don't know if you chart or not. Mm-hmm. It seemed like every play was a drop back pass. I'm like, no, why? They
0: ran it seven times and threw it seven times. Why are you? Why then? Are you he had four sacks. Why are so you going to drop? Yeah. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, thank you. Looking at it, the last three play, But, I mean, we're talking about five consecutive pass plays in the final minute. So, if you're really looking at the entire drive, they ran it more than they threw it. But that's looking at the whole quarter instead of just when you're in a two-minute offense. But they still, I mean, it, seemed, it, it didn't stand out to me, but we all saw the game, you know, differently from different views. I would like I just, to see them actually have Warren on the field more so, but it looked as if they had no success running okay, the ball. I so, s- I don't want to knock my head into a wall if you literally had ran the ball 13 times for 19 yards at halftime and it at no point was ever getting any better unless you were giving it to Foreman or letting Ellinger run it the the real frustration has been for Longhorn fan we talked about the troubling trend of Tim Beck and you're
3: talking about the reputation now of one Tim Beck and remember one thing about offensive coordinators their reputations sometimes they're unfair I mean, a lot of times they're they're right on. Sean Watson. Sean Watson. Yeah, I mean, like, a lot of time they're right on about the reputation of certain offensive coordinators. And the one thing that I'll, I'll I'll throw out there about this offense, and I think it's been frustrating for fans, I think this is an accumulation of frustration. It still exists on the 40 acres. Mm-hmm. All right, you talked about the play call, you talked about Watson. Hell man, it still exists on the 40 acres. Mm-hmm. All right. You talked about the play call, you talked about Watson. Hell man, you got seven different play callers on the 40 acres since what, 2010? So there've been a lot of guys calling plays on the 40 acres, different cultures. The 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 offensive the lack of an offensive identity is frustrating because usually an offensive identity is pretty simple. And the best way to forge one is to find a way to force-feed the ball to your best football
2: players, your best playmakers. Yep. The only time we've All seen right. that in Texas during this decade was last year. Well, and Colin and, Johnson
3: and, and, and on Foreman, Saturday. And Foreman, and Foreman was that kind of guy where yeah. it was almost – Charlie Strong kind of failed, tripped and fell into that because he couldn't deny Deontay Foreman was the only option he had with a bad – not a bad offensive line, a subpar offensive line, and he can run behind subpar offensive line play. So yesterday, getting back to what Matt just brought up, and I was going there – Colin Johnson, he was really their their best offensive weapon. So their offensive identity, I mean, versus USC last game was simply, at least late in the game as it evolved, mm-hmm. it was just to get the get the ball to Colin Johnson. And they, and if he's in man to man coverage, he's open. If yeah. he's in man to man yeah. coverage, throw it to him. He's open. He'll win the 50-50 ball. The, the, I'm frustrated because it seems to me you could do the same thing with Chris Warren in the backfield and have your a passing game identity built around Colin Johnson, run game built around 250-pound running back. And the point is this, what, what they don't understand about when you hmm. force-feed something to your best football player is defenses have to adjust. When they throw force-feeding the ball to Colin Johnson, man-to-man coverage, he's open. What did USC do? what hey, are doubling that dude, man, we got to put somebody on him. Either up high or down low, we got to put two guys on him. Roll that damn coverage over there, man. We cannot give him that. Oh, that led to man-to-man coverage with Monty Foreman. Okay, boom. You know what I mean? It opens up other things because the defense is going to over-adjust to try to take away your strength. Right. And if you do that with the Chris Warren, you'll forge an identity there. They'll put it in the box. They'll bring the safety down. You'll get more of Colin Johnson over the top. So I I think the frustration is Longwood fans don't understand why – it seems so difficult to force its identity for Tom right. Hartman.
0: And that, that's spot on. This made me just think of this right now. And I don't, first of all, before I even say it, I don't think that coaches really will long-term be trying to, you know, uh, not care about a game as much or a one-game sample. But if you look at what's to come with conference play and you look at Texas already having yeah. lost a game, and that USC game is sort of the perfect way to send a message to a player like Chris Warren, before you get into conference play, when in theory all the coaches say all that matters, you even heard Tom Herman say that the only thing that matters to this team, our only long-term goal every year is to win the conference, and then we'll find it out. What's a better time than these games to set the example that now, if we see twenty carries and Warren every single play, it may be to light that fire under him and be like, "How was hey, the you fire aren't... not lit after the well?" Maryland. I know. I'm just throwing a theory. I don't know, Seriously. but just at this point, if we see something change, it would at least align in what their envision and goal is. If we get to, because we're right, we're all saying he clearly looks like the better player. You got to be crazy to not. Be playing them. What is going on there? If you aren't, and that would be maybe my guess that you know he's letting Porter, maybe not letting, but Porter is getting an opportunity. If you haven't separated yourself on all days of the month instead of just on Saturdays, but who knows?
2: Then I would just want, I would just want a head coach, and I know we're probably not going to, but I would just want a head coach to come out and say that. Come say he doesn't want you to know give us a plan. Away crunch time, to the opponent. That's who, just. But this is a coach that's always talked about. Hey, give him the plan. I don't yeah. care. And if matter, you want to motivate but, Chris Warren? Yeah, just say tell I want. Of the sure. ball in Sam's no. hands because yep. I trusted Sam. And in this program, if you're going to be a guy we give the ball to in crunch time, you got to be a guy that we trust. Every we're giving the practice. we're giving the ball. We're putting the ball in the hands of the guys we trust. Yeah. And leave it term, at that. Yep. Tom Herman have to explain anything more than that. If that's what the deal is, then okay. Then we can read between the lines. Yeah, he just don't trust Chris Warren. Doesn't like him. Okay, great. I don't. I don't. I don't
3: need that. I don't need him to be that transparent. I know he doesn't But, Rod, let me – I can tell. We just
0: are never going to get transparency from coaches for a multitude of reasons. I want want
2: to read you this quote uh, from Tom Herman. This is in his Monday press conference. Uh, This was about Chris Warren and his limited carries. We've got to find a way to get him more yards. But in the middle of a game, when you see how that is shaking out, the definition of insanity is repeatedly performing the same act and expecting different results. So to keep going back to 3.8 yards per carry, I think there (laughs) would be some criticism –
0: like well, and I think that's where he would. I more think there would be some the criticism there too carry. of
2: Tom. Why did you give Chris Warren the ball twenty <laughs> times if he only had seventy yards? So you're damned if you do, damned if you don't. Mm-hmm. Here's my thing: if you give Chris Warren twenty carries, you don't mm-hmm. think he's gonna maybe pop one for fifteen, Man, well, twenty I, yards? I said
3: this on this show. And we I've said, said it last on week. my show. Yeah, I said that's it. Yes, yeah. if you is. give him the ball five times, go look at the, the prime example. That's that Maryland game or his you game. Give log. him the ball five times. He's probably gonna get uh, no gain to. Uh, I lost two out of those five times, but he's gonna break. He's gonna break two out of those five. Seven or five eight yards, or whatever. yeah. And then one's gonna be just negligible. He's gonna break one. That's how he. That's how Chris Warren works. You can't. You gotta feed Chris Warren, man. You know, what I mean, you gotta feed the beast. Running backs have to get into a bit of a rhythm too. But if he doesn't want to do that, that's fine. My point is, well, it's gonna be harder harder for you to forge an identity. Then that's fine. If you don't like Chris Warren, fine. Hey, hey, hey. You ain't got to like nobody. We, they paid you $5 million a year right. for you to make the best decision for this football team. If you believe that to be uh, di- distrusting Chris Warren letting him sit on the sideline when you got fourth and goal on the three-yard line or whatever it is, or the first and goal on the three-yard line. First and goal on the three. Yeah, Then that's – you know what? We pay you good money for that. You made the right decision. But now I'm wondering, man, what the hell are you going to do about your running game other than your true freshman quarterback – who, by the way, has an injury history dating back to last year in high school? And Shane Bouchel's hurt already. And you so love Gerard Hurt at wide receiver, you just can't see him at thirteen quarterback. You know, now I'm just, now I'm, just I'm just flummoxed. I'm, right. you know what I mean, I'm dumbfounded. I don't get I
0: it. We well, j- if you look at his game log, just to support your theory with just empirical facts and data. Every game that Chris Warren's had at least 15 carries. It's 16 for 166. He hasn't had one game where he's had less than 95 yards. His games, he's had five games where he's had at least 16 carries. They are 276 yards, 106 at Baylor, 119 at Cal, 95 against UTEP, and then 166 against San Jose State. So all five games, and there it is right there. You can see it. And I'm looking at that
3: UTEP game,
0: and that's
2: because – That was the one Deontay, Deontay Foreman Deontay. Got, basically got the night off. Yeah, I that was. I was
0: like, yeah, one he? game didn't work that well, but yeah. see there, yeah. If you look Come at on, it, man. you give him 15-plus carries, he gets 100 yards basically. Hey – like, my opinion it, is it, it sort of sucks that he's that type of the player that he is, needs the durability to sustain, he, and it doesn't fit with his fur, probably body type. He's a bigger dude, and it doesn't fit with your practice. It's just a bummer that that's him, that he has to prove it for seven days a week, even though he knows when I show up on Saturday, it's game day and I can play. That's just, I'm not saying, Rod, I'm not saying, Rod, I'm not saying, I'm
2: saying? saying he's a, I'm not saying Chris Warren is a borderline Hall of Famer like the guy I fixed to mention. Chris Warren reminds me a lot of Eddie George from the standpoint that I think his 16th, 17th carry are going to be much more effective than his yes. second, third, fourth he's carry.
3: Wearing, that's probably in the fourth quarter sometime yeah. when that defense is tied to hitting that 250-pound behemoth.
2: Remember the yeah. year the Titans went to the Super Bowl? I, remember watching, I, I don't know, for some reason, I watched the Titans a lot that year. I, I loved watching Eddie George run. Even growing yeah. up as a Michigan fan, I didn't like Ohio State, didn't like Eddie George, but I loved watching Eddie George run. Yeah. because a nice in a, Because in style. the fourth quarter, you can tell. I don't want to tackle 245 pounds coming at me downhill.
3: Guy's diving at them ankles, and he's just jumping over folks and making plays. I agree with you. I don't understand how and, – and I'm with you. I would – nothing about it. Well, we can't say I want, you know, Chris Warren and somebody else out there because we're just trying to debate to try to get Chris Warren on the field and get him more carries. But I thought they were going to have a change of pace thing. I was imagining Chris Warren in the backfield with a change of pace, Tony Carter or something. Mm-hmm. And just You know what I mean? Just doing – but I – I don't know. This, uh, this vision that I had for that backfield, that ain't happening because Kirk Johnson, I think, is the kind of that change of pace guy, too. I mean, he's and he's hurting injuries. Uh, so maybe that has hurt him because he had a certain vision for the backfield about splitting up those carries and reps, mm-hmm. and he doesn't want the identity of the offense to be built around one. But if you couldn't back, depend on, if you say you well, can't
2: depend on Chris Warren, how the heck could you depend on Kirk Johnson?
3: I, I'm, I'm, I'm at this point, like, man, I'm just throwing out theories. Well, and I, mean, I think I it's really, though, I really <laughs> I'm do sorry, think it's I'm down to the offensive line. No, no, no,
0: but, man, it's down to the offensive line. It's that simple to me. Like, I think it's the most underrated thing in all of football. You look at all NFL games. It comes down to who has the best offensive lines and who doesn't. And if you're – like, literally, Herman said today, okay. you, we have five guys that he even thinks – can play right now, and there's no depth, so it's them panicking in that no, no, situation. You're right. No,
3: no, I think you're right, but there's just the, no confidence. Like, okay, in so, him. okay, I agree with you. So, your, your theory about the quarterback running the football, the yeah. quarterback running versus USC, it holds water, and I think it's very valid. But, it still doesn't get us past the point where, at one point, a running back has to carry the ball for yeah, you. Yeah, somebody, okay? that needs a, to be a warrant. Yeah,
1: exactly. Because he so, can break tackles and you, go through
3: everything. Yes. Your yes. theory, I'm not even disputing it. I think it's round the money. Actually, I hope yeah. that is the thought process <laughs> well, and the rationale it going makes into sense. it. Because it, it makes so much sense. But it, when you do have to hand the ball off to a running back, at one point, whatever that may be, the eight times a game you actually <laughs> want to do it. The guy okay? that can neutralize uh, <laughs> having to break carries, a tackle. <laughs> Why can't those eight carries go to the best? possible option is my question. And the best option is, is Chris Ward. So I agree with you, yeah. agree. which makes right. it even more
0: flummoxing Yo, because who's yes. the one guy that can break more break tackles? Tackle. On the team? <laughs> Chris Ward. I want to say dude, he broke in the first.
3: Oh, in the first two games, he broke. Or I want to say he broke around twenty-four. I need to look it. I saw tackles. it on Pro Football Focus. I did. Had he I got had the stats One of the
0: most run loose run evasions, and then yeah. at the time, actually, Malik Jefferson is graded out before the USC game. he was like three missed tackles yeah. and fifty-six run stops. Man. It's pretty good. Dude, I mean, this is such a, just, it's such a it, compelling discussion. It is,
2: but you know what? You t- Tom and talk about the definition of insanity. I'm going insane because I'm just tired of seeing Texas offenses, other than really last year. I couldn't complain about that. Like they rode Deontay Foreman hey. as far as he was going to take him, He's a grown man. Out and there. but you go through the like the like uh, what was frustrating. You know, we talked about Marquis Goodwin earlier. Yep. You remember that uh, that. Uh, Alamo Bowl against Oregon State. Major Applewhite went yep. to OC, when, when Major Applewhite went to Marquise Goodwin, said, "Hey, hey, brother, you better drink a two, Red two, drink two Red Bulls today, because I'm going to you a lot early and awesome. And they built the game plan around Marquise Goodwin. He's kept throwing it Imagine deep to he's a man to manage He threw it up, and at some point, he's going to win one of those. Yep. Like Rod, like I'm not, I don't consider myself some kind of like X's and O's genius. I don't consider myself to know more than anybody else.
1: Especially
3: but not.
2: this isn't football knowledge. This is common sense. You
3: would think it's common sense. I agree with you. Like, it's not that difficult. I'm telling you, to me, because I know Tom Herman is mentally smarter than all of us combined. All right, got more football knowledge than all of us combined. This is because they don't want Chris Warren in that situation, either because they don't trust him or they don't like him. And they damn sure don't want him at this point because of whatever reason. And like Matt says, that could change in two weeks. That could change in in a month. That could Mm -hmm. change entirely because – the, they just, hes just getting to know these players too, but they don't want that offensive identity to be Chris Warren. But if, if
2: they let's, say, let's say let's say Chris—they don't Warren, want that True. for whatever reason. They don't we, we got to move on because we got to talk about other things. But yeah. if Chris Warren goes out and has twenty carries for one hundred and ten yards against Iowa State and they win the game, I'm not gonna buy it.
0: Mm-mm. Okay. Should. Well, that's no, great that's I think. you should, it's a do it that you should learn for it. Yeah. the rest of the year. It sounds like it doesn't matter what you did in the last game. If you do not practice every single day exactly. up until then, he's saying it. He's being transparent he's about saying, it the yeah. entire all season. He said, Well, he's only as good as your last practice, and you got to put them all together. Here we are 10 until we get to Iowa State. We'll see yeah. where they go from My there. My guess
3: is like, Matt, it's that it, 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 either he's, of these are he's his been guys bad at practice or something that he did that. To t- in Tom Herman's eyes, he ain't buying it. This whatever this, ble- this
2: bleeds into the uh, into the Chris Warren discussion. Do you know who I think the most underutilized weapon on this football team is? Oh,
3: let me guess. This is good. Is offense
2: or defense? I, I'll, I'm not going to s- specify side of the ball. Oh, okay.
3: All right. Uh, you, give me a second. <laughs> I want to guess this. This might be a good most underutilized under weapon on u- this football team. Uh, You're going to say Michael Dixon or something Yeah, I'm like going to say Michael Dixon. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, I'm going to say know, Michael Dixon. I, I was like, yeah, man. I knew it because I, I was thinking about the best players on the team because, that haven't got a chance to shine, and it's Michael Dixon because he goes the, for it all the time. With the way
2: that defense was playing, yeah. you can try to force the run because guess what? A punt for this
0: team is a good play.
3: Yeah. Because that's like yeah, I don't know what the, those fourth down
0: situations though, at least were bo- they were close to either way. It isn't like there's a glaring issue. When it's fourth and short, you're on I'm not talking about
2: I'm not talking about the, the fourth down situations. I'm talking about in that second quarter and the third quarter where you're trying to feel your way through it, a punt's a good play at that point. Yeah. Pin them back deep. If they go Rod, I don't know where you stand on this. This is my theory on defense. And I'm looking at this trying to put my defensive coordinator hat on, which mm-hmm. I'll never wear, but I'll wear it here for mm-hmm. hypothetical purposes. Yeah. <laughs> If you're going to drive the ball 95 yards on my defense, then you deserve that six. Yeah, yeah,
3: you do. Yep. You know? A, yeah, I mean that's and I, you know what? I'll tip the hat to you. Exactly. Cuz that's a rarity.
2: I just in football Look, I, I didn't understand why they were rugby punting with Michael Dixon because that's not what he does. But I got it later when mm-hmm. you set up the fake, the fake, which worked so well. And then Beautiful. I think it was P.J. Locke got called for a hold. Mm-hmm. Which yeah. is, it was an obvious hold. Too. That's <laughs> the bang in your head against the wall with special teams I did the whole game because it was like one step forward, two steps back. Armani Foreman busts a kick return. And then your kick coverage is bad on the last drive. Josh Rallott makes a field goal. Reggie Hempill fields a punt at the goal line off the bounce. Like, it's
0: just. This one, though, was trending in the right direction. From my perspective, though, this game, all the things, even though there were flaws because this team's far from perfect, a lot of the things made me feel good about the team going forward because they actually showed. I mean, just the defensive scheme. It simplified down and it gave these players confidence and they played with a lot of confidence.
2: We'll get to that. We'll get to that later when we talk big picture. But I want to talk. Uh, stay on offense, and we got to have the quarterback. Well, first of all, before the quarterback discussion, oh, um, the offensive line at this point is it, it's, it's on the verge of being a liability yes, because Connor is. Williams. So do you think there's a chance? We had this discussion at lunch today. You think there's a chance Connor Williams has played his last snap at Texas?
3: Uh, I, I hope. I hope so, actually, because I don't. I, I and I, was, I, don't, I don't mean like I hope that yeah. he has played his last snap. I, I hope, hope he's healthy, healthy and in he's NFL. a first rounder. That's kind of my thing. <laughs> I hope he's healthy enough once he, once this season is over mm-hmm. and still so well thought of yeah. that he decides hey I need to go get paid for these reps because this could happen to me again as a lineman and I think and it, he will yeah that's kind that's what that's, that's what I meant by I hope he does I hope he's healthy at the end of the year and then he still drafts into the first round at at this point man I don't want him to come back here and go from being a guy projected into the first round to being a guy who's lost draft stock and now gets drafted. Rod, what
2: would you say? What would you say the recovery is from a scope for for a torn meniscus? Four to Man, six.
3: Man, that's I would yeah somewhere around two months maybe. Okay, let's maybe let's let's say let's say six weeks. I say six weeks.
2: Six okay. weeks. The earliest he could come back would be the TCU game November fourth.
3: That's yeah, not worth it.
2: And then you've yeah. only got four games left in the regular season. If
3: I'm Tom Herman, i tell the guy, no. Any of no, has sprains. Yeah, I want like you done. Like, um, go, go. Get, if you going to leave, get ready for the NFL. So we're probably
2: saying anywhere anywhere from a month to two months. Yeah.
3: And, you know, I, I wouldn't be surprised if he came back, knowing that kind of knowing that guy, the kind of guy he is. Yeah, I would
0: think he's If he probably. just
2: decided, hey, I'm going to set it out and just. And
3: then not come back this year, but I like come back. Like, to Texas, but so play another year.
2: Right, so you're saying you know just I mean? sit out the rest of the year, yeah. heal up, and then boom, and, then come, and back, come back. He,
3: I, he, I, I wouldn't agree with it. I wouldn't advise it, but I wouldn't be surprised if he did it. He, he strikes me as that I, kind of guy. To me, that
2: scenario makes more sense than him coming back in November. Oh,
3: hell no, he better not come back this year. That I would be upset with. Because yeah. then he, he can hurt himself again. Right. Yeah, yeah. Now, nah, yeah. at least you gonna if you're going to be out, Make sure it heals up completely so you can at least play football again regardless of whether it's on the NFL level where you're getting paid or at this level where you're projected to be
0: still a first round. Well, and this is more of a Don't meniscus money, repair, man. right? Because meniscus is normally about three months. But if you're looking at a meniscectomy, which may be the area between if it's just a scope, then it you might be less. But, yeah, I would be – I was just assuming he's gone for the year. There's no, no chance and yeah. there's no reason to. Really and even right. if maybe if he wanted to in the bowl game because no. he wanted to, like, show that he was healthy. Healthy, I but I I would say I, I already so, ate it on Saturday. He's gone for the year. There's so no before
2: way. you get to conference play, you've lost your all-American left tackle, mm-hmm. you've lost your projected starting right tackle entering the year, mm-hmm. and you've lost your number one backup on the interior, yeah. and Patrick Hudson. Yeah, done. All done. three of them done. Yeah, Williams probably not coming back. Rodriguez and Hudson, they're done.
3: Yeah, I agree with you. That is, I mean, I mean it's 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 bad. That it's, is bad.
2: It's not like this isn't like when Charlie
3: Strong lost his starting quarterback, starting center in the first yeah. game. He lost Dominus with an yeah.
2: ankle. You had, you had to kick, off, kick Kennedy Estelle off the team. Yeah, I
3: forgot about that Kennedy Estelle. Mm-hmm. Desmond yeah.
2: Harrison was like in a work release program to get out of the Texas. <laughs> I don't know what that yeah, deal it was, was all that, about. Yeah,
3: Charlie had to deal with some issues too, but just getting back to you're right. I mean, that's and that's before you even get into Big 12 play.
2: Yeah. That's where it hurts. And, you know, I asked Tom Herman a question today because the kid's name came up twice. You're going from Derek Kerstetter being a kid that ideally you would have liked to red shirt and stashed him away. Now you probably need to go to the big fella and say, hey, we need, you need to get ready to play.
3: It's been the case for a lot of guys, though, right? Kate Brewer. It just gosh, man, Rod, with those Sam Ellinger, with those,
2: with, in an offensive line and quarterback are the two position yeah. groups that are around here for so long. It's like, man, can you just finally get to the point where you can redshirt some guys mm-hmm. and develop some guys and bring guys along? And now you're back in the cycle
3: all over again. You need those guys to play right away. Yeah, yeah. I agree with you. Now that's and I that's that would, that's how you know Texas because I remember that's what Texas was in the you know during their run two. 2000 to 2009, they were red-shirting a lot, a lot. Go look at all those players on that 05 team, and even that 09 team. Mm-hmm. Those guys got a chance to red-shirt, man. And, uh, you know, you mean, know and
2: grow up. fans can say what they want about Tristan Nicholson or Patrick Vahey and what their strengths and weaknesses are. It doesn't matter anymore because that's all you got. Yeah. I agree with that. If you want <laughs> to, that's, all, that's account, all you can Zach
3: Shackleford and and you know so and Sam, Sam Ellinger had a tough time trying to get the center exchange. Which
2: Tom Herman said, you know I mean? Shackleford's explanation was he thought he heard a clap. Which well, my explanation you know, for that a lot of them. This, I feel like we're talking about some of the same issues we talked about with Sean Watson. If that's the yeah, problem, why don't, don't you change up cl- your cadence yeah, when you know it's going to be loud? Why don't yeah. you go and they did? Do you notice Sam Eller stopped the clap and it was just it was like the silent? The, what's what Colt McCoy used to do? Just count. drop his hand. Yeah, yep. <laughs> the center has to look back and he just drops his hand.
0: Yeah, uh, who was it at the end of the game that happened to Philip Rivers with the leg count and then like he took a step up to audible and they just snapped it.
3: I would like <laughs> to talk to yeah an offensive coordinator <laughs> uh, at the high school or the college level and ask him what's the deal with the clap because the clap just happened said the clap like the clap snap I should call it the clap uh, snap the it just it like, my Google machine. like two or three years ago maybe I started noticing it yeah Urban, right?
2: my, Urban Meyer Urban did it Ohio State was the first program I noticed Handfuls. really doing it yeah. started
3: doing it but it hadn't been around that long right mm. it's a new thing and, and I'm, I just want to know the motive. Like, is it more efficient? Like, what what have you – what have studies tell? told the coaches as to why it's caught on so much or is it just fashionable? You
0: know well, I I mean? guess, and then at least the voice, you know, people can mimic the voices quick. I guess you can clap all over the I, field, but you can see another guy clapping if your head sure. up and stuff. But. All right,
2: speaking of quarterbacks, Sam Ellinger – Let's go. Sam Ellinger played as gutsy a game as you can. Uh, I thought that Tom Herman said that there were some freshman mistakes. Uh oh, Yeah. Help me understand this, though, Rod. The interception he threw where it looked like his face mask got grabbed and it didn't. I thought the hmm. rule was any blow to the head or neck area of the quarterback was a personal foul. Oh, is that college football too? That's what I thought the rule was. Oh. I, 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 that's I, the if, thing, if somebody the out there watching areas. this or listening to this wants to correct me, Is it I thought that's what the, NFL, the rule was. In the well, NFL, you I'm have illegal sure
0: hands to the head. You can't mm. hit a quarterback anywhere in the head. Anywhere so in the But you can do it, yeah. to, I guess, to other players by the hints of that rule being just for an NFL quarterback. Yeah, so is it the same in college? That's what I thought. No, it's not the same. That's what I thought. Yeah, but see, I thought that still, because of just the modern evolution of safety, how you have the horse collar, and then if you have the face mask, and if you're trying to tackle by the head, if in theory you can ta- you can't tackle by the shoulder pad, but you can tackle by the head, it just doesn't seem like it aligns with what it should be if the idea is out of safety for the players. But obviously in college, they I guess haven't changed that rule. He, he didn't grab the face mask; he, he just grabbed the helmet, right? The, the helmet, the, the helmet. He tackled the, him it by the, the helmet. helmet. He grazed the, the
2: helmet. And he grazed Grab like the the collarbone the, the part of the shoulder of the, the pad, front, yeah.
3: which I don't know if that is horse collar grabbing the from the no. shoulder pad. I it's think the, it's like the, the back. Name, back the na- the, the, exactly, that's so why I'm just saying it's so awkward yeah, to
0: see it's like that a gray area, and, and that's much. just something we may see yeah. evolve into a rule that you can't. Because in theory, you should say, "I don't, I didn't think you can tackle by the head." But in theory, you can tackle by the head with that Why do I
2: feel like we're going to go to Big 12 media days next year and I'm going to sit on that Walt Anderson press conference and he's going to show this play and say, now this would be a personal foul. No, it's the same thing Ricky Williams' dreadlock. I'm sure that makes Texas fans and Tom Herman feel a lot better that now (laughs) it would be a personal foul. I mean, that's
0: what (laughs) happened. It took Ricky Williams to be tackled by his dreadlock before they went and started started to implement the rule that you can't hang on to to a person. It's it's just the same idea of a horse collar. I remember that rule (laughs)
2: after Troy Polamalu got yanked down on an interception return, too.
3: Yeah, he
0: couldn't grab his head. Yeah. Play, yeah. Yeah. Which I, I always felt like,
3: uh, oh, fair no, game. But, uh, yeah, I mean, you, you're the you, one you're leaving it Yeah, <laughs> Because
0: you that means you're hair. the person that isn't growing your hair out because you don't want to get tackled by the hair. That's true. Yeah, that's what I would. Yeah, I would. I guess want. you can't
3: tackle any any part of the upper like uh, region Point being, torso and everything. That's what makes you, it so awkward when you to, see the
1: head yeah, tackling. It doesn't get called. They don't want you to pull
3: down from the back because apparently that blows out a lot of knees. It was like yeah.
1: they were
0: playing the face mask of Quan Cosby before the game on the broadcast. The USC one that extended the drive on mm-hmm. the final championship. I mean, it's like in that situation, if you just barely miss right, right here, it's not a penalty, but it is. It's just a awkward quirky rule. Right, let's talk about quarterbacks. Let's uh thought
2: Sam Ellinger played guts. So he did have some freshman mistakes. Of course. Um Tom Herman said Shane Bouchel, they'll, they'll go back to practice this week, that assuming he's healthy, which mm-hmm. it sounds like he's doing better than he was at the beginning of last week, he's gonna get the bulk of the reps with the ones. Bulk of the first team reps. Here's my thing. This is the conundrum Tom Herman's in, and I don't I don't know. I put a lot. I put a lot of the game plan issues with Sam Elling. I put a lot of the issues with Sam Ellinger. I should say on the game plan. I put a lot of it on the staff, especially in the first half, because I don't think they put him in a fair position. Don't yeah. think they put him in a position to succeed a lot of the time. But now the situation you're in is this, and this is the conundrum for Tom Herman. Do you go back to Bouchelle, a guy that through this competition throughout the spring and throughout camp, throughout the preseason that he won the job? Do you go with him, or? Do you go with Sam Ellinger? Do you feel good enough about what you saw against San Jose State and what you saw late against USC that you think, hey, maybe we we got to go with this a little bit? Now, Now you're on the doorstep of a quarterback controversy because you've got a sample size with Sam Ellinger to be able to say, um, maybe we ought to we want to ride this thing out and, and see where we go with this. I I think you're
3: past the doorstep of quarterback controversy. I think you're in the you're in the master ba-
2: bedroom, brother.
3: Yeah, yeah I just <laughs> and that's right. what's getting, so good we, about this one up getting it on it, we, 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 we were we were at a quarterback controversy. Honestly, the doorstep of it last week. Yeah, when Tom Harmon changed his tone about the quarterback position. We remember after mm-hmm. the Maryland game. And I said this, after the Maryland game, Tom Herman is very specific. If Shane Buschel Hel- Shane is healthy, he's our quarterback. Done deal. We're rolling. All right. And then after that San Jose State game, he gets his first win. Sam Ellinger starts his first game. And then it is. Well, Shane needs to prove himself in practice and then he's better have, he better have a great practice too. And mm-hmm. I was like I was like, "Damn. He went from he went from is my starting quarterback too? He better prove himself right. and he better have a great practice." I'm like, "Oh, he's already changing his tune just a week later. And now we're at the point where He's kind of coming back, you know, to Shane a little bit because I, I you know, because I think all the momentum now in this quarterback controversy, and yes, it is that, because I was on the 40 acres when there was Sam the quarterback controversy, and I got the same kind of feeling, all right? It is. <laughs> but it's good because that was a mm-hmm. true quarterback competition where, hell, both of those guys could start for, I don't know, half of school's uh, in FBS, or maybe even more than that, and not so much the Gerard hurt Tyrone Swoops, quarterback uh,
0: controversy by attrition, you know what yeah. I mean? You're so, agreed. Yeah. totally, and that's why this situation, if it, it, it's only what you could have wanted, what we said last week, if you see good play, like you said, it's a good controversy to be in when you have both sides performing, and it makes it even better because now if Bouchelle doesn't perform, if somebody, say, he gets a job, or if Ellinger doesn't perform, then you may be able to see, okay, we're going to just go with a guy that plays better, but at least now we're trending in the direction of having two good quarterbacks, like Rod was saying, which is better. And then now it's on Bouchelle to perform well, too, or it may make the decision easier. It may naturally settle itself I, out. I think Tom Herman knows this year something that I've
3: been saying from the beginning of the year. And based on recent years on the 40 acres, this has been the trend. You're going to need both of them this year. Right. Mm-hmm. You're going to need both of them. Already got do. yeah. So don't let either one get to the point where they're divested. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, right. You won't, you won't, that's why I think, you know, he going to let Sam give a little love and get, you know, the fans going to love him. He's going to play well. And he's going to start showing Shane Bouchelle more love. you to be like, man, this thing going back and forth. Cause I think, and I think if, if Shane gets too much momentum, he's going to do something or have a package ready for Sam to <laughs> go in there if Shane's going to be the perennial starter. He wants both of these guys to be ready. He knows this year, maybe not next year, but this year, he's going to need both of them to win. Because they're only going to both get keeps, better if that happens. And also, man, let's be this is reality. That keeps a quarterback competition open for next year. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, one of these guys could transfer. Right, yeah. it. That's what happens these days. The quarterback that's not the starting quarterback or named the starter, they usually get unhappy and they usually want to transfer. People mm-hmm. like, say, oh, well, that's not really in Sam Ellinger's, uh, you know, in his character, and I don't think it is, but it may be in Shane's. Yeah, and in both and situations back, like you said, then you're back to square one. Well, the quarterback one position, guy. where you can't redshirt a right. quarterback, you can't develop them.
0: You got to play them right away. Right. Yep, and I hope that this is that situation where, like you said, if you're you know sort of waving that carrot in front of one and then in front of the other, it may actually fuel them to get much better. Which is something that also could have been almost making Texas more deficient at quarterback mm-hmm. the past couple years because if you don't know that across the way, well, Gerard he don't look like he's doing or swoops or whoever Ash or Case, everybody sort of just knew the other guy isn't just going to jump up and take it from me. If you get that competitive atmosphere and both are pushing each other, maybe they actually could push each other to become better.
2: Rod, you brought this term up last year. We were talking about the swoops Bouchelle competition, rate of development. Yeah. And I think, to me, that's the exciting thing about these two guys is the rate of development for both of them still looks like it's significantly high. Agreed. Yeah, Um, The ceiling, you can tell what the ceiling is for both of them, and the ceiling is high. Now, you can argue whichever one – One has a higher ceiling than the other, but the point is both these guys have shown flashes of being good, and I don't see it going anywhere but up for either of them. In terms of who you start, to me that goes back to the original premise of this whole conversation. What is your identity on offense? What do you want to be? If you want to be a team, like Matt said, and that's what you want to do, you want to be able to have numbers in the quarterback run game, then go with Sam Ellinger. Mm -hmm. If you want to be a team that... Leans on your running backs, and you know Can't numbers be damned. In. We want to throw the ball. We want to be able to have a dynamic passing game with all these weapons we got on the outside. Then go with Shane Bouchel. Now you match up against both too. But until until we know what like the that. offensive identity is, then it's almost impossible to say this guy should start, this guy shouldn't. That's yeah. like, I, I think you just hit it on the head. Uh, I think you, and I think you put it in
3: a very articulate fashion, and that's the vision of Tom Herman. We don't know what his right. vision is right now, and yeah, he doesn't have all the pieces. Uh, to you know, p- to build his uh, vision um, perfectly, but he's got to piecemeal this thing together. So I agree with you. I-, I could see the offense with Sam Ellinger. I see it as a, like you said, a quarterback running game in it uh, involved. And I think with him, they just kind of take deep shot. The passing game is going to be the deep ball. With Sam Ehlinger there, you got to suck everybody in with the quarterback running game and running the football, and then you're going over the top. You're going downfield passing game with him, and you're going to simplify things. You don't want him throwing over the middle too much. You like him throwing out there to the to the hashes, and you like him throwing deep downfield to guys like Colin Johnson in one on one coverage because teams are putting eight guys in the box. But with Shane Bouchel, maybe in a Big Twelve, Tom Herman's thinking we're going to score some points, man. Right. I know that defense looked good, but I can't depend on that defense to be that dominant all the time against Oklahoma, Oklahoma State. So maybe I need a guy that can throw the football down the field. I can I can package Sam Ellinger in a group of plays, and I can manufacture that quarterback running game with him and Gerard Hurd. But I can't manufacture a a a kind of multi level, multi faceted passing game unless I have Shane Marshall at the helm. But we don't know. We don't know. We don't what know what the vision is. You know what I mean?
2: To, and, and maybe, Rod, the, the identity of the offense, I know Tom Herman said he wants, to, he wants to run the ball, wants to be an offense that runs the ball. T- you know, the, the conversation uh, this summer, uh, Tim Beck was at, the, was at coaching school at the Texas High School Coach Association Convention, and I asked him, I said, when people see this Texas offense, what do you want people to see? What do you want this offense to be known for? And the exact words out of his mouth were, we want to be an offense that we want to be able to run the ball whenever we Tim want. Tim Beck said that? Tim Beck said that. Man, <laughs> we want to run the ball able to run the ball whenever uh, we want. Okay. But Oof. that's that's clearly not, what's, not what that's you're not doing. What's you, that's not what's happening. You showing yeah. me that's not what you're doing. Yeah. Yeah. So Your yeah. yeah, actions speak louder than your words. I think the identity of this offense, Rod, honestly, I think the biggest strength that this staff can lean on and why I think it's probably a good idea to go with Bouchel, I think it's this wide receiving core. Because as, as gutsy yeah. as Sam Ellinger played, Man, Oklahoma those wide State. receivers bailed him out on they some did. throws. Like that fourth and ten door that Armani was Forman. that was a good throw. That was Armani Foreman making a big boy play.
3: Even that uh and that 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 touchdown was a big boy. The throw. cross body throw to Lil
2: Jordan Humphrey. Yeah. Great play to convert a second and seventeen. But it almost was a pick. And Colin Johnson. No, Colin Johnson had the third down where he just straight up rips Man, the ball away yeah. from Am- Amon Marshall. I mean, that the wide receiver position for Texas It really is as good as it's been around here in a long time.
3: I agree with that. And maybe that's going to be the identity of the offense that – you have so many great wide receivers. You put three or four of those guys on the field. One of them is going to be in man coverage or open in space and zone coverage. But pick and it Shane Bouchelle is more likely to find that
2: guy. pick it and go with it and say we're going with Kyle Porter as our primary back because he's a better he's better at picking up the blitz and a better pass blocker. And then we're going to we're going to go football. eleven personnel. Keep Kendall Moore in there as a glorified to offensive block. lineman. Yep. And we're going to throw, throw the football. The football. There you go. Our running game is going to be screens to Reggie Hempill and and Amani Foreman on the perimeter.
3: Something tells me though that. That's not what Tom Herman wants.
2: No, I don't think. But see, here's the deal. At this point, but with you can't the offensive, always get what you want. Right at this point, with the with, with the offensive line situation being what it is, yeah, it's not a matter of what you want. It's what can you do. Yeah, I okay. agree.
3: Yeah, no, I'm with you. I, and I think uh, that's why Sam Mellinger may fit right now. It might be a little bit more compatible right now because he can extend some of those plays. Maybe he can improvise a little bit better when that play breaks down. The play's going to break down a lot quicker right. now too. Right, he can improvise. He can extend the play. We saw it versus USC. What he can do. Um, and he's a freshman, so you got to deal with the growing pains. But I'm going through at this point. You just got to look at what what options give you the most the mo- give you the best chance to put the most points on the board. And if it's through the passing game, you got to go with Shane Bouchelle. If it's through the running game, meaning you limit the amount of possessions for the other team. Control the clock a little bit more. Of the running game, keep your defense off the field from being exposed, and look at more of an overall team picture of how to win and play the field position game a little bit more. Maybe use Michael Dixon more. Then that's a that's, that's a different that's an overall team approach you got to take. Right. You know what I mean? Because in the Big Twelve, you ain't gonna outscore people. Right. This offense ain't outscoring no damn
2: body. I feel like mm. we're back. That's not to, how they gonna win. I feel games. like we're back to 2014 all over again. I
3: remember that. Yeah, you're right. Great. Where defense. you're on the verge of having don't have a, def- an a defense
2: that's gonna keep you in every game, but an offense is not gonna allow you to go win every game. That's a great point. Yeah.
3: Which means maybe you should think about letting your defense win games for you. Then you gotta talk about ball control. Uh then you gotta think about, you know, field position, things of that nature. Which, you
2: know I, I would figure sense. out a way to use both because I think both I think you can win with both these guys. And I think they both they're both different enough to where you can make it work.
3: Man, so now we're back to what year was that when Texas was rotating quarterback? 2012? 11? Uh, yeah, 11. 11 yeah. 11? <laughs> yeah, so now we're back but to I'll, 2011, I'll, 2014. I'll take, we're I'll like take going sh- back in time.
2: Back I'll take to Shane Bouchel and Sam Ellinger over David Ash and Case McCoy.
0: Oh, yeah, that's i in the right
3: direction. What about the running backs? So I think those running backs from back Yeah,
2: in. I'll take uh, <laughs> Malcolm. I'll take Fozzie uh, Whitaker was Fozzie back Whitaker right? and Joe Bergeron. Malcolm, and Malcolm, Brown Brown. Brown. Was,
3: Malcolm Brown and Fozzie in the league right now. And because of the Texas offensive identity crisis, neither one of them got drafted. Yep. <laughs> and both of them are NFL <laughs> caliber They're
2: multi-year league guys. They're working. Fozzie's probably already got enough
3: service time yeah, to get his pension. That's now. how bad the I offensive think. identity crisis has been on the 40 Acres. It's going to hurt some of these guys, too. They'll go in the, in the league and end up playing, but they won't get drafted because they didn't get to show enough in college. That oh, jeez.
2: Yeah. All right. Well, we'll end the show talking some big-picture stuff. We we mentioned the defense, and, Rod, oh, yeah. nobody saw this coming. Uh, None of us could no. have seen this coming, this defensive effort. And here's what I like the most about it. Yeah. It was, it was fun we, to watch. Yes, the defensive, and offensive, the defensive line made plays and made one-on-one plays that they hadn't made through the first two games. And Malik Jefferson and Anthony Wheeler as a duo looked like the duo I saw on the field at the Under Armour game yeah. when they were recruits and thinking, holy crap, if Texas got both these guys, it, it's going to be on at linebacker. On. But the one thing that I love the most about Todd Orlando's game plan is he decided we're going to find one thing that we can take away. We're going to take away one thing. Mm-hmm. And that one thing was the inside zone running game. Yep, it wasn't there. They made an effort to say if we, we they, I, you, you can't. An offense as dynamic as USC, you can't just play them straight up. Otherwise, just yeah. go with God and hope for the best. Agreed. But they made a point. We're going to take away the inside zone running game, and USC kept hammering it and hammering it and hammering it, and it just was not there. The only success they had running the ball rod was the times that they either ran yeah. outside zone or one of those bags bounced it to the outside. Yeah. So, credit Todd Orlando for coming up with a great game plan. But the one thing that I think can carry because stylistically you're going to have to do some different things in the Big 12 with all these spread offenses that make you defend more of the that, field.
3: That, that was not the type of offense that Texas will be facing Correct. in the Big 12. Not which, even close. Which is
2: yeah. something to keep in mind. Yeah. But the one thing, Rod, I think that can carry over is I cannot remember the last time I saw a Texas team tackle in space as well as this team did. On uh, Saturday.
3: I I agree with that. I'll take it even further. I don't know if I've seen the defensive backfield play this well since Earl Thomas was in the secondary with that. High praise. Considering the opponent they're playing against, you know, I mean, and what Sam we had Darnold, seen
2: the first two games, and
3: what we had seen the first game, I had not. Said, I mean, there are a few guys, and you know, there were a couple of guys on offense too. <clears throat> well, Colin Johnson was the one guy on offense. Well, Sam Ellinger too. Um, where you've seen them play their best game they've ever played in the history of their careers on the 40 Acres versus USC on that big stage. Uh, Anthony Wheeler might have had his best game ever. Deshaun Elliott mm-hmm, might have had mm-hmm. the best game you've ever seen from him. Hell, you know, Charles Mennon, who had a one hell of a game, too. Mm-hmm. You know, there are some guys. That might have like, been
2: Puna Ford's best game.
3: Puna Ford might have had his best game, too. I mean, there were some guys like, I don't think I've ever seen this guy play this well. i am watching him for like two and a half years <laughs> now. And that's a credit to Todd Orlando and a credit to the pride of the group. Um, and there are some guys, Malik and Hold Hill. Hold Hill's going to be an All American, by the way. Hold Hill's playing like the best corner in the Big Twelve right now. Yeah. There's not a corner in the Big Twelve for the third for the Hoden third Hoden. game in a row when the you're seeing the row, same
2: stuff. Yeah, man, he's
3: uh, yeah. I mean, I I didn't want to totally believe it. You know, some of that stuff. You know, he's getting non-offensive touchdowns. Like, okay, he may have just had a really really lucky day. Maybe he should go buy a lottery ticket, mm-hmm. man. Yo, man, you might be set. And you know, the second game for San Jose State, he played well, but everybody played well versus San Jose State, and they got they got the shutout, which is an admirable thing, trust me, they, they, they're hard to come by. Versus USC, man, Houghton Hill was a lockdown corner. And literally make, I mean, all he did was pretty much make great open field tackles. That was kind of standout out. That plays, fourth down stop was, down the best, he, that yeah. was
2: the best. That was maybe the best open field play I've seen a Texas DB make. And I don't even know how long. It
3: was, it, there were crossing, right, crossing routes, uh, kind of shallow crosser design to pick off the two defensive backs. So the defense backs will either run oh, into that? the wide receiver and or the... run into each other. He goes around the he goes around the wide receiver. So there is plenty of separation. I would say it's good th- maybe three yards mm-hmm. in between him and the wide receiver and wide receiver catches the ball. And the wide receiver has got, I think a like half, half of the field to like run, like try to outrun him to uh-huh. like the sideline if the he chose to. And Holden Hill not only closes the gap so quickly that the, the guy decides, oh, I got to cut it back because I can't beat him to the corner, and then makes the open field tackle when he's cutting yeah. back. Dude, it was that the, I wanted that play like eight times, told my girlfriend, I said, it might be the best damn play of the game, but it won't get a lot of love. This was I as tough it. as hell to do, especially on that
0: wet field that was already oh, the first. The sod was falling out of underneath people's feet the very first couple of plays. Like they yeah. play so much football there, and for him to make that play and have right when he's cutting back against it's it, it was perfect. I mean, you literally thought there was no way he could keep him short, and then he actually gained no yards and lost half a yard back and was two and a half away. It was yeah. insane. I mean, sounds-
2: Rod, right, I gave it my hit of the game, and it wasn't like a bone jar. No, hit. but it was so that's important. what I've been talking about. Where so important. I just Want to see as and I've been harping on this. I want to see a Texas DB leverage the ball properly and then come to balance and make a play in space. And Rod, you can't coach it better than that. You
3: really can't. I mean, it was unbelievable. And another thing I thought was interesting. I mean, obviously, you know, the defense getting after Sam Darnold. I think they sacked him three times, picked him off twice. And he ended up having like a a decent stat line in the end. But if you watch that game, even after the game, he admitted, man, I struggled versus that defense. Like he admitted, like, man, that, that defense was tough. Now, they came out ready to play, and they were asking him like to give props to his teammates. And he kept he kept uh, like basically uh, giving props to the Texas defense. Right. Um. So I I will say it, man. I think that if this defense plays this good, they can be the best defense in the Big Twelve. And I know that that's a tall order because I don't think we've ever seen this before. It's like an invasion of the body snatchers. I don't know what the hell that was. So <laughs> I, you know, I I, I I am a little bit hesitant to say, oh, they can do this every game, and because it'll change up in the Big Twelve. You got Mason Rudolph and. Oklahoma State looks like a freaking football machine. Mm -hmm.
0: What happened with Greg Robinson when he showed up and the defense changed? It was like you have a different team out there right now.
3: But give give Lando credit. We challenged him after Maryland. Everybody was like, that was a disgrace. He admitted that it was a disgrace, that it was embarrassing. He's had a shutout since. And then this performance versus USC where that front Mm -hmm. seven was the most dominant force on the field. It was I had never seen uh, Malcolm Roach and Chris Nelson and Charles Aminhu and those guys play play at that oh, with that kind of edge. Will
0: Even Wilbon. was that? in the backfield on three consecutive plays there. I mean, it was down inside their own goal line. It was impressive. They played
3: like they had been
2: listening to Tupac before the game.
3: Like on the third on the thir- third down, <laughs> late
2: in the fourth quarter, Jeffrey McCullough comes up with one of the biggest McCullough. plays
3: of the game. Yeah, no, it really was. They all like I saw a cup. I you know I I saw a couple of breakdowns i mean the situational football let's talk about it while we're talking about the defense so we don't just uh, make it all about you Rosie. know sunshines and rainbows the situational football at the end of the first half where well, they give up the the, the late touchdown mm-hmm. to, to to ronald jones and then at the end of regulation where drive. 45 seconds left in the game and they give up the the, the drive that leads to the game tying field goal to go to overtime lapses in uh, execution for them and, you know, I, I haven't looked at the film to break it down and see exactly what happened at those times. But um, I just think it was just them. They literally lost their focus. For 60 minutes, they were focused. And not 60 minutes. I would say 58 minutes. Yeah. yeah, 59 or whatever minutes they were focused. And they lost focus for, I don't know, 90 seconds. And they gave up 10 points because of it. Yeah. yeah. Pretty much. You know what I mean? And, um. they, and they gave game. Mm-hmm. No, game. the game. I mean, the, that was the game. That regulation, half. everybody and out and my girlfriend's screaming, she's yelling, she's going crazy, and I'm sitting there. She's like, "What's wrong with you? What's wrong with you?" I was like, "It ain't over. It ain't. It's not over. Mm-hmm. Not against an NFL quarterback." And I've seen this team give up things. I was like, "Nah, it ain't over." I say, I, "This guy's got some magic. He's got. His, he's got some it quality too. He pulls out when he needs to pull it out." We saw it from Sam, and you saw it from you saw it from both Sam, Sam Ellinger, and Sam Brown. Mm-hmm. He's got he some. even body, looked dude. like
0: a little mini version of him. Ellinger the, did of Darnold. Yeah. Like they, they, they just did. looked the same in the Darnold helmet.
3: struggled, but man, those two same or three throws type. that he made, at like the one in the back of the end zone for the touchdown, mm-hmm. when he scrambles. Dude, that, that that's an NFL throw.
0: It's just hard to see guys make yeah, throws and, like that. And yeah, Darnold by the second half would just play great. The first half he missed a few open receivers that well, made the receivers me feel dropped good. A lot of passes yeah, yeah, too. Yeah, I mean, I was just yeah, I But that's where we out. got lucky right there we early did. on when those few things happened and yeah. things were going our way and you kept them scoreless. You knew that then it was going to be a sixty-minute game.
2: I think te- I think Texas punched USC in the mouth and I don't think USC was ready for it. I don't think that offense was ready for it.
0: Cause I don't think they were ready for that defense no. They hadn't that seen it, it on film yet yeah, <laughs> That def- I, I wasn't ready for that no, 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 they, nobody, nobody was ready for that They're like damn they
3: bite The, the no. only people in that that, that knew Texas was going to play like that Maybe was the Texas uh guy, Texas players on that defense In that locker room other than that, there was no reason to think they were going to come out and play the best football we've seen that defense play in two years since uh, Charlie Strong's win over Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. And honestly, they may have had a better defensive performance than that. I got to go look yeah. at that that Oklahoma game and see. But they, I think it may have been more impressive and, than that.
2: You know, I talked about this on the show last week, but Malik Jefferson, I just felt like he was, you know, was going to have a great game. I just he felt did. like it. I don't yeah. know why. Man, he was real amped up when we talked to the players last Tuesday. You know, he was just – Big could, stage, man. You he can tell, be. man. He's Scouts just, are watching, bro. And I talked to him about it after the game, and talk, was talking about the run defense. And he looked at me and he said, point, he said point blank, he said they were not going to run the football on us. Hmm. He said we came in here with that mindset. They were not going to run the football on
3: us. Yeah, I was surprised that USA didn't try to attack uh, corners more uh, coming out. Like I, I thought they would try they to did do late. that initially. They didn't late. I thought they'd do it early. Yeah. You know what I mean? I thought they'd get double moves and go deep balls early. And I thought they'd do it on Chris Boyd. Devontae Davis actually, didn't he, didn't he start the
2: game? Due to, yeah. Due to
3: something like issues.
2: Disciplinary issues. Right? Disciplinary Chris issues. Boy, yeah. Okay.
3: Um, yeah, I saw that. That's even more reason. I thought, oh, Devontae Davis. I thought they'd go check, check, check. check, Check, check. You know what I mean? I never saw that by Sam Darnold or by USC, and I expected to see that. And they didn't attack our corners. They did late, but not early on.
2: But, uh, man, Rod, this defensive effort, uh, you know, I, it's its unrealistic to expect them to do this every week. But if this kind of becomes the trend, then they will have a defense that keeps them in every game. It's yep. just what is this offense going to do to supplement that? And my- along those lines, as we close out the show this week with, with the time we've got left, we've seen this before. And this is the frustrating thing with this program over the last few years. We've seen a game, whether it's a win or a loss, where you feel like, okay, This is now the chance where you've got, you can start building something from this. Mm -hmm. You can build off this. Charlie's first year, it was that Oklahoma loss where they outplayed Oklahoma in every possible way except the scoreboard. The following year, it was the Oklahoma win. win. The win over Oklahoma. What did you do after those two games? The first year, you went out in 14, and two weeks later, you got shut out on the road against K State. And then in 15, you went out two weeks later and you got shut up by Iowa State names.
1: Mm-hmm. So
2: you did nothing with those two games.
1: Yeah.
2: And then last year,
1: yeah, we all true. thought it was the Notre Dame game.
2: Yeah. Well I thought the Notre Dame game was and then as PJ Locke told me Big 12 media Days, we went out to Cal and boo booed all over ourselves. Yeah. So every time in Charlie Strong's tenure, this program had a chance to build off of a game, win or lose a game where you can hang your hat on and put that game on the wall and say this is what it's supposed to look like. Each and every week, they didn't do it, and I thought it was funny that Tom Herman we were talking about today. He kept getting questions about how can you keep this going? How do you how do you worry about not having a letdown against Iowa State? And he made the comedy says, "Some oh, you guys sound like you've got PTSD." Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, we do because we've seen this before. I like that though. From him, this is a very ugly, bad rerun
0: that we've seen. One and too that's many times. what's really good though to see though because that's us funny. we are viewing this as the Texas program. Tom Herman is viewing it as, no, that's never happened to me in my program. Why would y'all put those type of memories to what I do not possess? So I I at least see where he's coming from and like that our coach sees that because he does feel separate from it. But then us as fans – yeah, you still are going to remember those things because when you're hurt, it sticks with you. And it's uh, we said it's been a fear-based fan base for about you know five years now. That's one good thing that when you were tr- hiring somebody to come in and fix it, that's a guy that doesn't even know that identity, and it's foreign to him. Don't so,
3: bring your old baggage into new relationships, yep, people. exactly. So, yeah, leave the old baggage, leave Charlie Strong's baggage with Charlie Strong era. This is Tom Herman. Trust me, Tom Herman's got his own baggage to deal with. Got, it's, it's piling up already.
0: Mm-hmm. In just in terms of just, Chris Warren and so Tim Beck and for, everything. That's good news to hear. Forgive
2: that. me if Texas goes out and plays well against Iowa State, and, and I don't think it's that big of a deal. Because no. guess, guess what? get ready to go again cuz you got K-State coming to town the weekend. It's good about college Then you, so you, got the Oklahoma you got a new the workforce after.
0: every 4 years. It's like in the NFL certain teams and people can keep together but that's one good thing. You got a new batch of kids coming in in a couple years and it's going to be a different crew. See how they perform.
3: Uh Oklahoma and Oklahoma State will be the test. Uh, if they perform, if this team does not uh, perform up to expectations versus our state or case because K State lost to Vanderbilt. Yeah, all right. So K State may not be as good as everybody thought either, but that's actually bad for Texas because you want to catch K State early before they always have that loss where, like, man, K State's hmm. terrible. That and then they Dakota end state. up winning nine games at the end of the year. This is what K State does. Yeah, uh, so you know, with, with Texas, I think that's the measure. It's it because you perform like this because USC. The expectations now are that you will go out and handle business versus Iowa State. But as you pointed out, we've seen this team sack before. This team does not know how to win. They're still learning how to. They right. didn't even win versus USC. Right. Right. That's the whole point. That moral victories are not good enough. You should. You should, That 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 loss is hard to you know put it this way. But that loss should give you a little bit of confidence. But you got to understand that, that still was a loss. Mm-hmm. There was a loss, man. So you, you're not yeah. even close to where you need
2: to Glad be, which, which may that even up. help the team more. Well, I I'll give you the best <laughs> example great. of that. So I texted with a team source of mine after the game, just to kind of tip my hat for that defensive effort. Say, "Hey, yeah. man, that's great job." You know. Yeah. And the text I got back was, "Yeah, but we still lost. Still lost. Yeah." And that's the kind of that's honestly the kind of mindset I want to hear. Like, yeah, yeah. Guys, they're not happy because, oh, we played it close. No, they're pissed off because we had a chance to beat the number four team in the country in their house and didn't do
3: it. Yeah, let fans uh, participate and take joy in the moral victories. That is a gateway to complacency for those guys. I walked
2: walked back up the tunnel with the team as they were getting a standing ovation from the USC fans, and that was not a team that was... Pleased with a, a moral victory. That was a team pissed off because they lost. You should have Because they got that close and fell short.
3: Exactly. You were right there. It's like celebrating because you're in a friend zone. Man, it's not and, good. And you, and I, ain't going to take no celebration in that. Rod, right, I
2: told Matt this before you got in here. The the, the the one thing in my mind from that game that'll stick out more than anything after the Eyes of Texas was over, um, the first guy I saw standing in front of me was Malcolm Roach. And he mm. kind of spit his mouthpiece out. And I'm like, you know what? coaches always talk to players whatever level of football you're at hey leave everything out on the field and i'm looking at that guy I'm like that is a guy that had absolutely he didn't have one drop of sweat yeah. one tear one drop of blood he had nothing left in his tank yeah. but even though he probably felt good about that effort you could tell on his face it's like man i did all that yeah, and we still came up short.
3: Texas fight. It was Texas fight for sixty whatever, sixty five minutes whatever it
2: was. But. You know, everybody. You know, I was down in the tunnel and like Matthew McConaughey was shaking hands, shaking coaches' hands. I loved it
0: when I saw that burn orange jacket yeah. on was, him again. I was like, that's the same jacket from the last one. Shaking <laughs> hands with
2: support staff and Governor Abbott's down yeah. there and yeah, man. Vy's there. Everybody's like, hey, great effort. But Tom Herman and those coaches and the support staff are like, yeah, but we lost. You we know. had a chance to do something really special, and we came up short. Yeah. So maybe that mentality is going to carry this team over, and they can build on It was on a
3: this. step, man. It was a serious step. I'm hoping that it, it, it'll we'll see another one uh, in two weeks when they play. I
2: didn't think I was going to yell on this podcast, but I did this mm-hmm. week. Yeah, so. I ain't done with that. Uh,
3: oh, yeah. Matt,
2: we got some picks to make before
3: we yes, get out sir. of here. Yes, sir. We're going to start um, it
0: off. And, uh,
2: and g- hey, whoa, 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 whoa. The one week I win the pick'em, we can't gloss over that.
1: Oh,
0: oh yeah, three and two. Jeff was oh, three and two. Rod right, was two I and three, and I was one and four. And would you like to point out which
2: game made the difference for me?
0: Uh, your difference from me was and Rod was the cow game. And yeah, the body clock
2: issues. The body clock yeah, issues. Yeah, I called that cow Cal Ole Miss. <laughs>
0: there
2: you go. Hey, I'm gonna gloat. I lose every week. I've never won a damn week since we started doing this. So I'm gonna enjoy my victory. You should actually. I had the Don Juan at one in a million for lunch. So, so what's the final? What's the what's
0: the standings? So right now, Rod's leading. He's nine and six. I am eight and seven, and Jeff is seven and eight. So Boom! Let's go. So one, I'm right two, two there. I don't experiment. have to. Really, I don't
2: have to take the the, the big gamble anymore, and yeah. I don't want to finish. My goal is just not to
0: finish last. That I would be smart. Yeah. First. Do that. Yeah. You don't want to. All finish right. Last. First game: Notre Dame against Michigan State. Who you got? <sighs> I don't really trust either of these teams.
3: Man, this was a tough one. Notre Dame versus Michigan State. That's ugly. Uh, Uh, I'm going. Where is this game, Matt? Michigan State. I'm going going Michigan Michigan State. Yeah. Notre Dame.
1: Mm.
2: Fool's gold. Let me look at Michigan. Who's Michigan State's player?
0: (laughs) Well, I'm going to go with the favorite Notre Dame, even though I probably should go Michigan State. Yeah, I'm Nick, going Michigan State. Let me throw this in my Google machine real quick. All right, while you do that, Houston and Texas Tech. I I'm, think this is good, a very intriguing game. Yeah, I'm going to on going this with right the right favorite? favorite. Yeah, yeah it's going to be see? Houston favored by six. Yeah,
2: Cooks by six. You see how many? Uh,
3: didn't Shimenek? I like to say his name Shimenek. Didn't he have six touchdown passes last game? I just game? So didn't did,
0: even know his name did, till just he had like right 500-something now. Yeah, like five
3: hundred some pass yards, dude. Yeah, they know they got a they got a prolific Brady pass on, on offense. Man, you have H. Versus Texas. Put
2: me down for Michigan State against over Notre Where's game. you?
3: Where's the game again? Is it U of uh, H? It's Houston, yeah, it's Houston. Yeah. Oh, I will take U of H. Then I'll take U of H here.
0: Yep, I'm yeah. taking U of H as well. I take U of H. <sighs> H there.
2: Yeah, I'm kind of leaning. Let me come back over to a that one,
0: All right, then going on Arkansas and A and M. Who you got? This is uh, in, to use oh. wrestling, oh,
2: I got a wrestling story before we close out the show. By the nice. way, um. This is the old, probably the old wrestling match, the Loser Leaves Town match. That's probably what this is between <laughs> Brett Bielema and Kevin Sumlin. The losers, <laughs> loser's probably going to be kicked out of town.
0: That's so uh-huh. funny they have matches like the, he was banished forever. Hey, <laughs> I got,
2: if a guy's going to another promotion, he, you got to kick him out somehow so he loses the Loser Leaves Town. Catapult. Oh, Load promotion. up the catapult Kevin and shoot Sumlin. him over a wall. Ooh, this is tough. Yeah, A&M's, who's more desperate? AM has played like garbage the last two weeks. Especially in the first half of their games. But I don't – Arkansas look bad against TCU, and I don't know how good TCU is really. I know their defense is really good. They're, yeah, their um, defense is decent. Man, do we have to pick a winner?
3: <laughs> I'm going to – is it at Arkansas or at a It's at Jerry World. Yeah, it's going to be Jerry, Jerry World. World. I'm going with the Dan, Aggies. I'm going to – I think the Aggies, Aggies have more talent. That's pretty obvious. Over uh, they quarterback situations and shambles. When you I'll, said Houston? I'm
2: still debating on that. Right. One, Matt. right,
3: I'll come, go – Damn it, man. That's tough. I'll go. I hate picking
2: the A&M's, they always A&M's screw me. down to just Kellen Monica I know what so I'm right? saying.
3: The quarterback situation is a dumpster
1: fire. <laughs> you know I'll what? I'm going to go Arkansas. I'm going to Arkansas.
2: Arkansas. go Arkansas because Arkansas has been so close to beating A&M, and something yeah. always goes wrong. So I think this is a year. And A&M's
1: come
3: close to not losing, but they had way too close ball games against subpar competition
2: the last two weeks. So this yeah. is this. Yeah, I th- I actually think this will be a close game, but I think Arkansas wins. House right. that Johnny Bills turning into a crack house.
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yes, yes, you're right. I like that. Uh, moving on, Stanford, UCLA. Who you got? Oh,
3: UCLA. Oh man. Yeah, Josh. Is it Josh Rosen? Where is this game, Matt? Yeah, yes, is this game is. Is this, a, this game is in Stanford? He struggled Stanford. last week, the but you know what?
2: Uh, body clock, man, playing that eleven a.m. game at Memphis. But Stanford, think, UCLA, yeah.
3: yeah, I'll go, I'll go
2: Stanford. Stanford just lost to San Diego State. Damn it!
3: I'm going Stanford, Stanford too. I'll go Stanford. I like David Shaw. I got I got faith in David. You know Shaw. what?
2: I I think UCLA, UCLA to me is kind of a lesser version of USC. I think they got they got a dynamic passing game with Rosen. They do. Um, don't know if Jalen Phillips from UCLA is going to be available. I didn't see. He, I know he was injured against Memphis. I don't even know if he came back in the game or not. Um. Give me UCLA. I'll take UCLA. Nice and, since Texas. and and go ahead and put go ahead and put me down for U of H over Texas Tech. Oh, right.
0: nice. So Jeff went UCLA. So I think The Cougs played some defense, and, and Rod went Stanford there too. Yeah, cool. And then uh, yeah, because Texas isn't playing, had to find a fifth fifth game. They all pretty much are crap. So let's go. Uh, all crap. Yeah, Florida Kentucky. Who you got?
1: Oh, Florida. Florida.
0: Yeah, Florida's only favored by three at Kentucky. Yeah, so that's Florida had Kentucky, Kentucky just
2: got a win over our spirit animal here. so.
3: Oh,
0: must jam, they beat must jam.
2: And Florida yeah. got that big win
3: the last minute over oh, Tennessee. Tennessee, right? I just yeah. saw
2: that before the show because I missed that while traveling. Man,
3: As a defensive back, man. What's, such your a, rule?
2: What's your rule on a Hail Mary, Rod? Just stay deep in the defense and, and, that and that knock it down. That wasn't Hail Mary. That it was wasn't just a first. It yeah. was a post route.
3: And it was the last play of the game, and – the defensive back passed them off to the safety. The yeah. day, I'm like, it's the last play. Run with the deeper ball. I don't get it. I don't get it. That okay. was hilarious. Football IQ. Like anyway, uh, I will go with Florida. Same where, here. Where is this game in? In
0: Kentucky.
2: Yeah, I think
3: Florida's going to Bluegrass. Um,
2: Bluegrass. Yeah, I'll go with Florida.
0: All right. We're a consensus on that Slow one. On. So, yeah, plenty of disagreements So
2: what's going gonna to be the difference? Uh, Michigan State, Notre Dame? It's going to come down
0: to the Notre Dame game, the Aggie game, and the Stanford game because we all took Florida and all took Houston. Okay,
2: so go over, the, the, those, go over those three games again. So I don't think Rod and I had Michigan State, right? Yep, yep,
0: and I had Notre Dame. Okay. Then I also had the Aggies. You all had Arkansas. Yep. And then Rod and I had Stanford, and you had UCLA. All, all right. right. Yep. That'll be about our picks for it.
3: Boom. Stradamas.
2: Yeah, Rod's going to win the Pick'em this year.
3: This is no question I'm going to win the Pick'em.
2: So here's should, what we're going to do. Here's, here's, what here's what we're, we're going to do. No, here's Rod, if you win.
0: MyBookie.ag.
2: <laughs> nice plug. <laughs> By the way, Rod, even though I had lunch today before I came over here, I, I heard your uh, – your voice ads for Myers Elgin sausage. Myers wow. Elgin sausage. I, I remarked
0: about that it was like my dad only eats Elgin sausage.
3: Yeah, see, and my Boom. dad
0: didn't. I told Scrum that on the way in. I'll get, I'll, guess, I'll, I'll get, this. some free sausage for your dad. My late a huge dad. fan
2: of uh, of Myers sausage. Who? And for everybody watching on video, I apologize. I'm a mess. I've had a shoelace untied. I keep knocking my computer charger out of the socket. So I apologize. I'm just a big. <laughs> a big I don't think they can
0: see your shoe. <laughs> Matt, thanks for everything, man You're more than welcome <laughs> Rod, we
2: appreciate the time and the knowledge Anytime, brother, anytime For Matt, for Rod, for everybody <laughs> At 104.9 The Horn 104 hornfm.com You can get Rod, the Rodcast every day from 1 to 3 That's right Get that on uh, the Horn SoundCloud page mm-hmm. and You can get this podcast on the Longhorn Blitz SoundCloud page And thanks to Matt, you can get us on iTunes, TuneIn, SoundCloud Any
0: podcast app yep, out there Yep, just type in Longhorn Blitz You'll find a transparent talk show Tell you F- about shoelaces Too nice. For the
2: Horn Horn family, for the Horns 24-7 family, I'm Jeff Howe. Thank you so much for downloading and listening, and we will catch you again on the next
0: episode. You've been listening to Longhorn Blitz with Horns247.com. Remember, for
1: the latest Longhorn news 24-7, visit Horns247.com.